Hello. I would like to begin this episode by thanking Frederick R., Chastity Anathema, Nicholas Basile, Joshua, and Ryan Peterson for backing our Patreon. You can be like them and go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. That is how uh, we're supported. That is how we can make the shows that we make. And we're super grateful for everybody who has done that. You get tons of cool stuff in return. Just go and take a look if you haven't already. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we're talking about Death of the Outsider, which is a first-person stealth game developed by Arcane Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks in 2017. Gary, why do you sound different? Uh, because I'm going through puberty, too. <laughs> Duberty. <laughs> it's time for third ball. <laughs> Deploy. Deploy. Um... Uh, in fact, actually, my microphone died. Yeah, your your, your regular microphone died. You're talking through a backup microphone. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting be... here doing doing the backup. Yeah, uh, this should be the only week that that happens. Um, yeah, because uh, thanks to our generous Patreon backers, we have enough money to uh, you know cover for a catastrophic gear, gear failure like this. Yeah, and we might even uh, it might even sound a little bit better. Yeah, with the new stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So the uh, it, it's real funny the way that it died. It died between I recorded uh, the intro for the bonfire side chat okay. episode that uh, went up yesterday, and it was fine. And then I almost immediately after went to go record uh, an episode of my Let's Play mm-hmm. and didn't change anything, but it just was no longer accepting volume, and I didn't notice it. Oh. So I recorded the whole episode and then had to do like post commentary. It was annoying, mm-hmm. but like the. Uh, uh, yeah, it just kind of died, mm-hmm. and I've been fucking around with it and stuff, and it's just it's dead as a doornail. Yeah, fucker's dead. So like seven years of service. Yep. Um, we're you gonna know? give it a Viking funeral. So, mm-hmm. nah, not probably yep. not. <laughs> like cancel it on uh, the History Channel or whatever. I don't actually know if that's the channel the Vikings. <laughs> I have on. no idea. It's me, me and my attempt at a Will Hughes joke. The the um, but yeah, it's a it was loyal and good, mm-hmm. but they don't make them like they used to. Yeah. And it's also seen a lot of stuff like I, this is the microphone I took to uh, up until this year, like duck streams and, uh, you know, it, it traveled. Yeah. So it's it's been through some some shit. Yep. You know, it was originally so, from a listener. So um, yeah. it, it, it served honorably and we, we, we will decommission it. Yeah, um, I and by decommission it. Uh, I'm probably going to toss it. Yeah, into yeah. a garbage. I mean, the uh, decommission was a euphemism. Is it? No, I, I just sent it to a microphone farm upstate. <laughs> uh, so the microphone I'm using, the backup microphone, is a desk stand, and uh, it's more sensitive. Mm-hmm. So when I do certain things, sounds come through that didn't go through before. And I have eight years of like podcast hob- habits, mm-hmm. and podcast to, uh, habits. Uh, a podcast. We are the podcast hobbits with the podcast habits, 
and not as opposed to the non podcast mm. uh, the podcast habits and the uh so i i do certain motions like i move my leg or i like twist in my chair or do human things yeah and this microphone picks them up yes so i'm asking in advance for listeners just to recognize that this is an unusual situation and if you hear like a like this like a just be okay with it yep you know just once I'm not saying you guys are usually not. That's not wrong. I mean, just for this once on our end, not just this once on your end. But just this one time, you know, give give us some grace on that kind of stuff. Or if, like, I drift a little bit because Uh I have to to be in kind of an ergonomically nightmarish uh, position Yeah. to be optimal for this microphone. Weirdly, you still sound better than the first hundred episodes of the show. So Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that's that's the other thing is it's like this this isn't a garbage microphone, my backup (laughs) microphone, but it's not a... You know, it's not as good as my the old old reliable. Yeah, which, which is not so reliable. I I gotta retire the name old reliable for that microphone, given that it did the opposite of that. <laughs> so, uh, so speaking of Viking funerals, this is a game that has one. Yeah, this is about death <laughs> of the outsider. Ooh. Uh, so this is uh, this is a fun uh, thing that we're covering because this is our first, I think, like proper expansion pack. Like, this is not quite a DLC. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not quite a missions. It This feels like an old school PC expansion pack. Mm-hmm. It was released as a standalone title, but this is like a modest game. Um, you know, what if uh, uh, you had five Dishonored missions? Mm-hmm. You know, instead of the normal like nine, and they were a little bit scaled back in scope. Yeah. But it tells a complete short story that is tied into the main game. Like, it is uh, feels different than like the Brigmore Witches or the Knife of Dunwall. Right. Yeah. Um, And because of that, uh, because this is an expansion pack, it shares a lot of mechanics with the base game of Dishonored 2. Um, Mm -hmm. So the generalities are going to be relatively brief, more brief than our usual kind of tour of a game's systems. So um, if you're looking for information about how Dishonored 2 works, go back to episode 149. Yes. Uh, The level design and power set that you have uh, does change the way that you engage with those systems quite a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. But a lot of the lore and setting and stuff we we have talked about at length, like some of that stuff we will repeat. Yeah. But just know that this is not a ground up dishonored primer. Mm-hmm. Um, this is I don't think this game is a good place to start with. No. Uh, some people have made that point. Um, I think that like I, I like this game a lot going into it the second time playing it with my expectations set was a huge advantage, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to to kind of adjusting my scope. And I came away appreciating it more than I did the first time. Um, I am, I feel like I'm slightly cooler on it than the general gaming public, mm-hmm. like your Danielle Randos and such who are like, oh, this is the best thing Dishonored's ever done. And this is definitely where you should start. Like, ah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is a uh, really cool. Yeah. So this is, if you like Dishonored too, you mm-hmm. will like Death of the Outsider. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about the ways, you know, at least the basic ways, uh, that it differs because it does, you know, get rid of whole systems kind of in the mm-hmm. interest of telling a story about a different protagonist and, um, in the interest of that scaled back scope. Yeah. Constrained, more constrained gameplay. Yes. Uh, so in this game, uh, you play as a character that we're familiar with, uh, you play as mm-hmm. Billy Lurk. Uh, she's a character from the first two games. Um, and she sets about finding her former mentor, Dowd, who we played as in the, uh, in the Brigmore Witches, Knife of Dunwall. Um, and she, uh, kind of takes up his quest to kill the outsider, uh, this kind of trickster God who has been pulling the strings behind most of what's been going on in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Billy, Billy Lurk is, is from the DLC specifically, but she yeah. is in Dishonored 2, mm-hmm. uh, not on Dishonored 1. She's also a big part of the, uh, the comic mm-hmm. that we, uh, we read. Yeah. 
she shows up at the end of, of that. So if you listen to Adaptation Decay, mm-hmm. you can hear us talk about that. Um, so this takes place uh, several months after Dishonored 2. Uh, Billy is alone. She's recovering Karnaka. And uh, just a mission into the game, she's also granted outsider powers. Yes. Um, she kind of, the powers come from her weird liminal state. If we remember Billy Lurk, uh, she had a uh, an incident with um, the the name is escaping me, the mining magnate from Dishonored Two, yeah, uh, where she lost an eye and a hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you can undo that event. Yes, the fact that she's kind of between time uh, timelines is what gives her this tie to the void. Yeah. Um, so she's given three powers. She cannot upgrade them or anything like that other than charms, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also doesn't need to recover her void power. Right. Um, it just naturally comes back. Right. Um, the kind of trade-off for this is that she has three mm-hmm. and only three. Um, for me, this is actually like kind of a big sticking point in the game. And it's a, it's a weird thing. Like, I, I was curious to see what you thought about this, Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss like the toy box when I play this. Yeah. Um, you know, I like these powers. I think all three of them are neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, uh, I just really liked, really liked the toy box. I really liked saying like, hey, this Corvo is going to be a rat lord. And when he <laughs> sees the guard, rats eat that guard. And yeah. this Corvo is going to stop time and walk past the guard. And this Corvo is going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and all Billy Lurks kind of play the same. Right. Um, you're kind of always just Billy Lurk. So that expression of play is significantly reined in by this restraint, I think. Yeah, that's something that I really valued about the original two Dishonoreds. Um, mm-hmm. I can kind of see intellectually the case for having a constrained power set lets them you know more accurately predict how a player is going to approach different situations and they can mm-hmm. design specifically around that um there are some times where that happens uh but there are other times where it feels like they are designing around uh kind of a a player character with more of a you know possibility space with their moves there, there's yeah there's a very specific part in one of the levels that i i have a real bugbear with mm-hmm. uh, that we'll talk about and even then like that's a weird trajectory for a series to take yeah to go from like less restrained to more restrained mm-hmm. you know to, to me one of the great strengths of dishonored was that uh you know these encounters are not as authored mm-hmm. uh you know you can approach them with this wide toolbox and come into them from any angle it's one of the things I like legitimately like love about the genre, mm-hmm. you know, not just Dishonored. And here it's like you're still getting that. Um, you still have uh, in in kind of a loose sense a choice of multiple ways to go about things. But it is just much less. Yeah. Like multiple but fewer. Yeah. Um, additionally, uh, she doesn't really have any combat powers. Um, yes. Which is uh, which is a bit of a bummer, um, you know. Corvo and Emily both had powers that were basically just like magic spells they could use in individual encounters. Billy is far more focused on stealth. You have like a pretty good cross section of things that resemble the, you know, the stealth powers from the previous games. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, that is a whole category of customization that you don't, that you don't really have. And it makes combat in this feel really weird, especially set up against, you know, another system we're going to talk about a little bit later where you are not necessarily, discouraged mechanically um yes. from killing people right 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 so it it is it is a, a greater focus on stealth in a way that reminds me of like the second uh bioshock dlc mm-hmm. perhaps um this is greater focus on stealth and the powers do accommodate that at the same time like not always interested in a greater focus on stealth right right like i like stealth in these games but again you know mm-hmm. I, I talked about like the magic moment for for dishonor for me is the liminal space when stealth breaks yeah 
you know, stealth until it's not mm-hmm. is my, my favorite way to play a stealth game. Yeah. And it's why, you know, I love I love this and I love, you know, like your Arkham Cities and stuff. And I'm cooler on your Metal Gear Solids mm-hmm. because they're not as good when stealth breaks. Right. And so with this, like getting spotted uh, leaves you really disempowered. It, you know, disempowered or just, you know, and there's other things that contribute to that in the level design, like just mm-hmm. more guards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, things. So what, what ended up happening a lot of the time was I would try something uh, being stealthy with these powers sometimes because of me. Sometimes it felt or I mean, always because of me. Right. But yeah. also sometimes it felt like the level design, like this particular part of a level is just very difficult. Mm-hmm. I would just end up with a huge pile of dead guards. Yep. Like the weird, the weird uh, release valve in this game is the, uh, the flame arrows, Yeah. which have an area effect and are an instant kill. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm just going to get a bunch of guards to, uh, to bundle up in a place, hit them with one flame arrow, kill all of them at once. And then just have this charred corpse pile yeah. that is now like a national monument in Karnaka, <laughs> you know, and like now no one's going to clean it up. There's just going to be here's some charred corpses. Mm-hmm. Every time a civilian comes, comes by, they're gonna be like, somebody's not feeling well <laughs> and, and <laughs> run by. And then that's it. Right. You know, I just, I just had to get rid of the guards a lot of the time and didn't mm-hmm. have the tools to do it in a fun, delicious way. Yeah. Like uh, there, there's a, I mean, this is getting ahead, but there's a new game plus version of this that gives you different powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them it gives you is Domino. And I fucking love Domino Yeah. from uh, from Dishonored 2. And I would have loved that in this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so delicious. Yeah. You know, and, and this, uh, this, this, this game does not do as much to let you live deliciously. Right. You know, which is, is a, a something that I like. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, but we should talk about the powers because they are interesting. They are interesting. And when you say that they broadly take the place of other stealth powers, they actually, some of them do more. Yes. Like, it's pretty interesting. Some of them do, like, double duty It's in a way that I think is cool. It's really crazy the ways that Arcane has been able to take, like, the blink power or, like, teleportation and give us three substantially different versions of it. it I love it. Like, yeah. everything that blinks in Dishonored blinks in a different way, mm-hmm. um, either aesthetically or mechanically. Yes. So even enemies do it. Like, we, there's an enemy in this game uh, later, like, a late game enemy that blinks, and mm-hmm. they blink in an entirely different way. Yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so kind of the major one, uh, the one that you're going to use the most because it is most, uh, you know, useful for traversal is displace, which is Billy's mm-hmm. version of blink um, or Emily's uh, like basically tentacle Grab. grapple. Yeah. 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 Um, and with this, you actually it's like a two part process. You set a marker and then you release the button in order to, to teleport to it. Um, yes. And you can teleport to that marker as long as it's in sight. And what and what this sets up is because you can tele you can teleport through grading, but you can't actually place a beacon through grading. This sets you up for a synergy with another power we're going to talk about here, foresight, to like get around and do recon and set your and set your displace point ahead of time so you can skip parts of the level. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, which is cool. You know, mm-hmm. it means uh, displace. You can get a bone charm that allows you to do an instant displace uh, by double tapping, mm-hmm. um, which is downright necessary. Yeah. Because otherwise, this loses. Uh, this becomes like a planning power and not like the freedom of and fun of movement power, which is something I've always associated with Blink. Yeah. Um, I don't like this as much mm-hmm. as the other ones. It's like very versatile, but I don't think it feels as good in the hands. Yeah. As a straight up Blink, and I, I wasn't not as into the tentacle grab either. Mm-hmm. Like I really like a classic classic blink. They uh they they hit the nail on the head when they when they made blink. <laughs> yeah, and I respect their desire to make them different. And this mm-hmm. one allows you to do some cool tricks. Yeah, if you displace into an enemy as well, you telefrag them. Love it. 
which is exceedingly fun and was definitely <laughs> like my panic button a few times. Yeah. No, it does damage to you. Uh, but uh, boy, you should see the other guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, 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 uh, you create some gibs, uh, some jibby gibs. Um, yeah. So it's good. And there are bone charms that work into synergies with that. Like mm-hmm. theoretically, there is a displaced build mm-hmm. in this. Uh, the way the bone charms work in this are, are random uh, largely. So it's not really a thing. And we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, foresight is your second one. Uh, I think this is really neat. Mm-hmm. This freezes time, um, turns you into a ghost to scout an area. This uh, does double duty both as a uh, like a scouting power, but also you know for seeing through walls, but also for finding things. Mm-hmm. It takes the place of the uh, the heart. Or anything that would allow you to find bone charms and allows you to mark enemies and mark uh, collectibles mm-hmm. um, in ways that uh, eventually also get some synergies. Yeah. So, like, you can get a thing where it's like, I mark this enemy. When you mark them, you see their vision cone, you see their path that they walk, and you can lower their vision radius. You can eliminate their hearing. You can do certain things with bone charms when they're mm-hmm. marked. Yeah. Um, this is really neat. Yeah, I like this quite a bit. Um, And I never really used a lot of the, you know, disembody and go explore kind of powers uh, previously, Mm -hmm. but the addition of marking and the addition of being able to see like where they intend to walk makes, I mean, it feels necessary (laughs) to to, to some of the stuff they require you to do here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and just like being able to see around corners or see through walls is kind of necessary for the kind of stealth. Yeah. That Dishonored uh, sets up, you know, it's, it's, and this accomplishes that yeah. in a really strong way. Freezing the enemies while you do it is a really smart choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and having things marked so you can see them through walls is yeah. is mandatory, basically. You're you're tethered. You can't go too far away, but the tether's really mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a great effect when you get too far away from it. Like the screen mm-hmm. starts shaking. Yeah. And so if you have a certain amount of like three-dimensional movement, but it's not perfect, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all that stuff is pretty neat. Yeah. Like this is this is a good power, uh, pretty impressive, performs a lot of duties. Mm-hmm. Um uh, what something I love the flavor of, but ended up finding the reliance on a little bit annoying is the third power, which is semblance. I never found a use for this. <laughs> there, there's it wants you to use it a lot. Yeah, like the game wants you to use semblance a lot. To me, so the, I have a feeling about this game, and it's a theory, and I don't know if it's true, but I have a feeling that like Arcane really liked Hitman 2016, hmm. and there's like a little bit of an element of wanting to capture a little bit of that steez. Yeah, you know, through, through this power, mm-hmm. but it's so it's very limited. Yeah, um, like there are straight up areas where it feels mandatory. Mm-hmm. The semblance past stuff, like they just set up, you know, the the walls are set up or uh, gates or angles of ingress and such are just set up to where it's like I cannot teleport in here. Mm-hmm. I can't displace and get not within sight lines. Yeah, I need to uh, semblance somebody. But semblance is this weird stress bomb for me because <laughs> it doesn't last very long. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the if you're acting suspicious counters mm-hmm. for enemies are pretty sensitive, Yeah, at least on the, the difficulty I played. So like stopping for a second would make a guard kind of look at me uh, a lot of times. And that's that's a bad, you know, that's that feels bad because that's the only way that your energy doesn't go down is if you stop. Yeah. You know uh, what this does is you you grab somebody that had to be alive. Mm hmm. You steal their face, and that seems permanent. Uh, <laughs> like it's pretty nasty. Um, and you, you suck it off their face with your hand and put it on your own face. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just looks incredible. Yeah. Um, and uh, it will knock them out. And you can sneak into areas. Um, you can chain this. Mm-hmm. So if you are dressed up as somebody, uh, you can go up behind somebody else and steal their face and then go steal somebody else's face. But the uh, the rub is your void energy does not 
regenerate mm-hmm. during this, and it continually counts down if you are uh, moving right during this. Yeah, so like so. this is good for getting past like checkpoints, uh, specifically mm-hmm. in like the Karnaka City Street areas. Like that, yeah. like that is where I remember to use this. You're not spending most of your time there, though. The majority of you know the levels are these indoor puzzle boxes where it's guards on these um, you know kind of predictable um, patrol paths, right? Yeah. So neat idea. Mm-hmm. I would love this added to to Dishonored. Yeah. But like it is uh, the reliance on it. I found to be a little bit of a bummer in yeah. those public areas. Mm-hmm. You know, this game takes place largely, you know, you do spend a lot of time to your, to your point inside dungeons. Yeah. You also spend a lot of time in, in areas that are considered neutral, mm-hmm. you know, through dishonored uh, terms, which is like guards will, will dislike you, but citizens won't. Yeah. It's really good for uh, crossing those spaces. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, those are your three powers and you're going to mix and match them. And, you know, it gives you a lot of time to use that static power set and get to know it uh, mm-hmm. through, throughout these, uh, the four levels that you have them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's important because these cannot be leveled up in any way. Uh, no. So you're not going around and getting, um, what are they, the carvings? You're, you're not yeah. you're not getting those in order runes. to, the runes, yeah, in order to, uh, you know, make make your displays more effective. It's as good as it's going to get. Other than bone charms. Yes. So that the bone charms will affect this. Uh, you can customize your skills by picking up bone charms. Um, this is actually, so the, uh, there are, these are always random. Mm-hmm. There, it's like the clothing or whatever in Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. Um, which I find to be a big bummer. Yeah. Um, and they come in three different types. Uh, there are regular bone charms. Um, there are, uh, black bone charms, mm-hmm. which are the good ones. Yep. The good shit. And there are cursed ones, which have an upside and a downside. They tend to be mm-hmm. powerful, but they also have a downside. Yeah, this ties into a system of crafting bone charms, which is new to the game. Yes, uh, where you can carve certain traits off of bone charms to create kind of super bone charms. Mm-hmm. These are neat; they stack. Yeah. Uh, however, the the aspects of like super bone charms um, cannot be carved away. Right. Only your scrub bone charms can be carved <laughs> away. And uh, this emphasis on bone charms, like that's all of your customization means that if you don't get good roles for getting cool powers, mm-hmm. like, you know, the first when I played uh, this time, I think my first three bone charms were one of them was like more health from eating food <laughs> um, can throw objects further. Yeah. And then like another, you know, another one that, oh, like a little bit faster when you're carrying somebody. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> as, a, as a gamer, <laughs> I need treats. Like, you have to give me cool new powers and stuff to do, man. Yeah. Like, it's mandatory. It's video game. <laughs> you know, give, give, me, give me a cool thing to do, especially in a Dishonored game, which is like, you know, thematically about power in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get really good roles on this, this can be fun because some of these are very potent. Yeah. If you get bad roles, well, sucks to be you. Yeah. Um, you no. can equip a lot of these, like even out the gate, um, and yeah. you're going to want to stop by black markets, um, because each of them sells something that gives you another bone charm slot. So you can be rolling around just really deep in these, um, you know, just very customized, but again, you are at the, uh, you're at the mercy of what, it, of what it decides to give you. I don't feel like I got really into bone charms that I kind of like stick out of my memory for, mm-hmm. um, for really changing the way that I played. The, the biggest ones for me were the displace ones. Mm. So I had one that increased my displace range. I had one that allowed me to do the fast displace, yeah. the double tap displace. Um, those were really big. Mm-hmm. 
and the, those changed how I, how I played. The other ones were basically me crafting an agility charm from the parts of other bone charms, like mm-hmm. putting together a good bone charm that had jump height and movement speed stacked, right. you know, and doing that just so I could be a little bit more agile. But that was like a, a, a single upgrade mm-hmm. tree in the Dishonor games. I could just throw a couple of runes in there and be at yeah. my most agile. So that that was legitimately a little bit of a bummer yeah. for me. Like, I don't love this system. And, and bone charms, like, they fit into the other Dishonor games a little bit better because they were just this little, like, land yap. You know, they're just just a little bit something extra. They weren't meant to be the focus, but here the, it's it's a real strong focus of the game. Yeah. So, so. it's it's a it's a weird system for them to suddenly start to rely on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, something that is really different about this expansion as well is that they got rid of the chaos system. Uh, Karnaka no longer has a blood fly <laughs> blood fly problem, uh, which is uh, you know I, I liked those the the blood fly deaths yeah. were super creepy. Um, no. this you still get a couple downs, do you? In this, oh man, Cole, I, I, I never Cole missed a cool side quest. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah. Cole missed a side quest. The, uh, the, one, of, one of the one of the uh, the the most complicated feelings I can have on this network. Where <laughs> I get to just mean? monologue about a cool thing that happened that you missed and try not to make it sound like I mean, I feel the need to talk about it for listeners. I'm yeah. not trying to shame you for missing it. No, no, it's fine. Yeah. I, just, I just didn't, I, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. There's a few, there's a few, uh, there's one very serious blood fly, uh, subplot. Mm-hmm. And then there is, are a couple of remnants of nests. Gotcha. You gotcha. can still find, um, so. this is justified in game because you are not specifically like working with the outsider. Uh, yeah. you know, he was generally responsible for the infestations that, uh, that, that, that resulted. So there, there's no gameplay consequence for killing enemies rather than knocking them out. You know, so that was never a punishment. Uh, in the previous games, you know, I just mm-hmm. go back and listen to previous episodes about Dishonored 1 or Dishonored 2, you know, high chaos playthroughs were really just them giving you more of the kind of gameplay that you wanted. Um, yeah. Here, though, it makes the distinction between killing and not killing kind of moot. It's real weird. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I understand it. It plays into the themes. It's it's clearly an intentional thing. Yeah, you're dealing with a uh, an aspect of scope that you've never dealt with and you're dealing with uh, a more reprehensible threat. Yeah. Generally, like not necessarily in the terms of the guards, but the actual main antagonist mm-hmm. of this um, putting aside that system doesn't bug me. Yeah. What kind of bugs me though, is the fact that like the coupling of there being no narrative difference between going lethal and non-lethal mm-hmm. and them not giving you the wide set of toys to yeah. make the choice even mm-hmm. like, it almost feels like one you know, one follow the other. Like if we're not going to give you a bunch of cool, deadly shit to do, mm-hmm. why even give you, you know, play with that temptation. Right. You know, and you can, there, there are people who've written about it and it is arguable that like, Oh, this has more to do with Billy Lurk and her place in the world mm-hmm. and like her kind of individual quest and arc. And yes, mm-hmm. yes, it does from a gameplay perspective as well, though. I don't, you know, yes, I have spring razors, but no, I can't summon a horde of rats to eat people. Mm-hmm. So, the decision to do that is kind of moot. Yeah. You know, and that, that is to me, it, again, is kind of a little bit of a bummer. Like I, when I played Dishonored games, I played all the Dishonored games, low chaos, mm-hmm. but my canonical playthrough, my fun playthrough is as an agent of fucking chaos. Mm-hmm. Like gamers rise up. Yeah. <laughs> I am the Joker. Uh, just, you know, going through and being a jokester, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that's really fun to me. And this game does not feature it. You know, and for, at least for the time being, it's the last Dishonored thing. So that kind of bums me out. I might talk a lot of sugar about this game. There are a lot of mm-hmm. things I think are incredibly cool. Yes. Um, but the uh, that, you know, the, the basic kind of skeleton of it, I'm not 
as into the systems i'm not really as into yeah they 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 make some choices and it does to me cut away things i really enjoy about the series but yep reminds me of the bioshock arc again just because of the immersive sims like oh yeah Yeah. every bioshock game uh you know from system shock to bioshock infinite cutting away systems Mm -hmm. you know like infinite not having the research things like that like it's not always a better choice to get rid of systems. Mm-hmm. You know, every, you know, not everything needs to be super hexagon. Right. You know, um, one of the other differences is you're not assassinating. Right. Targets as a primary objective. You can assassinate targets mm-hmm. and it, you'll get a little like splash screen about, you know, uh, the, the person being killed. Mm-hmm. But that's not really your goal. Your goal is to uh, follow this line of clues in order to get artifacts that you need in order to accomplish your mission of killing the outsider. Yes. Um, and this is, that's generally cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I like the feeling of, you know, detective work. You're not actually doing detective work, but it's happening off screen and yeah. you're following up on it. It's like a series of heists, you know, it's, yes. uh, it is, you know, one of the missions is explicitly called the bank job. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and that heist thing, you know, the same Dishonored 2, you know, had the temerity to have two standout best levels of video games of all time. <laughs> the, uh, Dishonored, yes, the Outsider has one. Right. You know, the, the big job is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it, it just got the one. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> the, uh, so you, there's black markets where you can stock up, um, and accept side jobs to mm-hmm. kind of extend things for, for money. Um, these are fun. They tend to be kind of stealth challenges. Mm hmm. I hear the black market. My favorite thing about the black markets, and this is something they carried over from uh, other Dishonored games, is each one is a puzzle to see how you can break into it. Yeah. Like the the alpha move for these is to only buy upgrades from them, not equipment, mm-hmm. and then figure out how to break into the black market every time. <laughs> and there's always a way to do it. It's really clever. They're really fun puzzles. Yeah. And then you get all the stuff inside for free. <laughs> you know, and then somebody else comes like our some hermit crabs into the shop and is like, I don't know what happened to the last guy. I changed the locks though, and you're like, shit, it's a new puzzle. Uh, you know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to knocking you out with a hag pearl. Uh, yeah. No, you're, um, you're, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Like your days are numbered. It's a I'm shame going, that I'm your only customer. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, I, I didn't. Um, so I, I guess, I guess I didn't know how big the side quests were. I didn't do them, Gary. Oh man. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, it's, it's, I mean, it's okay. Again, that's, that's not shame. Mm-hmm. Me trying to shame you. I don't, I understand. No. Um, the, uh, so the, the side quests are not, the contracts, like I can talk about the contracts mm-hmm. in each city just briefly, like one sentence. Some of them are extremely cool. Some of them are lame. Mm-hmm. Um, the side quest with the blood flies that I mentioned is not a contract. It's a side story you stumble upon. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and it's, it's pretty significant. Like it's neat. Mm-hmm. It's a short story. Nice. Um, but you have to find it. Yeah. So, and I didn't, I didn't stumble on it. It's okay. Yeah. yeah I, I play these games as an absolute Roomba. Mm. So I need to see everything because part of part of the joy of this and it's stuff that we talked about in the other episodes where we covered the Dishonored series. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that this series does, you know, industry best or industry tied for best is just like making cool environments that look lived in and good. Yeah. Like every apartment in Dishonored is a work of art. Yes. You know, every single time you're in somebody's loft, it's incredibly cool looking. <laughs> You know, there are whole Twitter accounts that are just like wood panels from Dishonored games. Yes. And they're they're good. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and that holds here as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yep. So moving on to the development a little bit, um, <laughs> the process was smooth. Uh, there were some const- you know, time constraints that caused some like restrictions to the way semblance worked. Additionally, you know, each of these levels is less really themed around a particular set of powers. That makes sense because you don't really have powers to mess around with. Yeah. 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 So it was definitely a bit of a change. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing staff had a uh, ascended fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone named Hazel uh, Monforton, who was a fan of Dishonored, who uh, caught Arcane's attention with uh, analyzing the character of the outsider. Mm-hmm. 
I love stories like that. Yeah. When people get you know hired by the company they they really love. Yeah, I dig. I it say, quite a bit. you know, just in case uh, <laughs> hey, darkest, darkest Dungeon developers want me to design some classes, like yeah, I don't know. yeah. You, you got some ideas. Yeah, you know, I do that. Yeah. That's a good, um, it's a good thread. Uh, like mo- most of the sources on this will link to it. She kind of does like a, basically a comparative religion, uh, kind of thing about it specifically with, uh, the ancient Greeks. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is designed, this is the conclusion of the first arc of Dishonored, mm-hmm. which is the, the Calduin story, um, and things like that. The idea is to clear the slate for whatever might happen next. Um, we don't know that there'll be another Dishonored mm-hmm. game. Um, Dishonored 2 did not, you know, that undersold, we talked about that. Um, also, there are some kind of big departures from Arcane. Yeah. Um, there's there is a, a I would get a perspective out there about this kind of ending the possibility for the Dishonored framework because the outsider is dealt with. And like th- those are weird and false, mm-hmm. uh, even, you know, even like good writers are writing this in their kind of thematic analysis. But like, no, it, it's canonical. Like people say like, oh, no, 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 the, the void didn't go away. Right. <laughs> All the, all this shit still happens. Like there's still people touched the void. Billy Lurk has touched the void. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't have anything to do with the do with the outsider. Once the outsider is gone, Billy Lurk doesn't lose her powers. Yeah. The void is just a real ass thing in the in the canon of this world and mm-hmm. causes weird shit to happen. Yes. So some and, something else will ascend. You know, some some other whale will get in there and start yes. messing around. Yeah. You know, like whale whale folly, like a whale <laughs> birthday party. The um the uh. When, and and they need to make more Dishonored games because I I don't want to die without seeing Pandicia. Right, right. Like if you don't give me the 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 absolute wild shit that happens in Pandicia, yeah, and and make it not racist because I understand it's based on like yeah. colonial expeditions to Africa. Right. Let's make it not racist, yeah. but give me Pandicia because all the coolest shit in the world happens a bit. Like every expedition has gone like mad mm-hmm. when they've gone there. Like it is everything on Pandicia is cool as hell. Yes, and so there's very little material that. about it. So (laughs) chop, 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 get on it. Yeah. Um, Another production detail, uh, the composer uh, for this, Daniel Licht, uh, this was his last game. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the, uh, expansion is dedicated to his honor. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wanted to throw that in there as well. Yep. Uh, So rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Um, This game reviewed pretty well, uh, but it was a little bit muted, um, partly because it reused some areas from the main game. That's a little bit overstated. It's like one level and it feels very different. Yeah. yeah. Um, But also that it's not as well paced and that it's like smaller in scope. I think that people review this as just a Dishonored game as opposed to like, oh, yeah, this was $30 and was Mm. expansion level. Yeah. And this was a a budget game. It does, like Billy Lurk, kind of exist in between a little bit because of the decision, the wise decision, I think, to release it as a standalone. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, it's, 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 it throws back. It's very hard to, uh, you know, what would, uh, throne of ball get as a, as a review today? Yeah. Who knows? Right. Like that's just a bizarre ass (laughs) construct. Like we don't really do this kind of thing in, in video games anymore. No, no. You know, the closest thing I can think of is the shovel Knight expansions that like recontextualize levels and give you a different power set. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but end up reusing a lot of stuff yeah. and concepts. I think those are like, you know, those happen mm-hmm. and, and, and those are neat, but it's rare. Yeah. Um, let us get into it with mission one. Mission one, one last fight. Uh, each of these opens up with a beautiful motion comic 
um, mm-hmm. that gives us some exposition. Uh, this will be good for you, you know, getting back up to speed if you were unsure kind of where we left Billy and uh, and Dowd. Uh, mm-hmm. She is looking for Dowd, who's been gone for like 15 years, I think. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, Dowd, Dowd's been missing since since the uh, events of the Brigmore Witches. Right. So Dowd does not make an appearance in uh, Dishonored 2. No. Um, and her only lead is this boxing club uh, that is associated with this cult called the Eyeless. They kind of use these bone charms and black magic, and they recently hermit crabbed into this abandoned bathhouse, the Albarca Bath, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of in a uh, rundown quarter of Karnaka. Yep. Uh, big cults, 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 cults energy <laughs> uh, to this. Like, there are two cults in this game. There's, like, the 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 cult that... You know, there's the cult in the streets and the cult in the sheets <laughs> in this game, and both of which are cool. Yes. Like, I love uh, I love the eyeless. I love these, like, dilettantes mm-hmm. who are pretending at uh, these actual deeper mysteries yeah. uh, as kind of a farm league for the, you know, the actual, the envisioned, mm-hmm. uh, you know, actual cult in the mountains. Yes. Which is not fucking around and is a serious cult. Yeah. <laughs> like the eyeless is basically like just a little bit more esoteric. Like than the craft. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to make a comparison to like the, 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 the moose or the elk or the owls, like any oh, of sure. those, you know, like, like yeah. there, there is this, you know, kind of bathhouse part of this, you know, where they're putting up like pro outsider graffiti, but like, we're eventually going to get into a high society where like, it is basically a social club. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, these are these are dark shriners. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, 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 the very darkest of shriners. Yeah. Um, uh, but they're called this, they're called the eyeless specifically because of the outsider's appearance, because he has those, you know, uh, eyes that are just flat black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, we get to see all this uh, graffiti here. We're getting a sense of place here. And mm-hmm. this is kind of our first, uh, you know, dishonored games oftentimes start with a level without powers. Yes. You know, uh, uh, so Billy is having these these uh, these nightmares about losing her arm and eye. In this reality, it's uh, you you stopped, you went back and you saved her. Yes. You know, in the canon of Death of the Outsider, so she has mm-hmm. her arm and eye when the game starts. Mm-hmm. But she's having nightmares of this alternate timeline. Yeah, she's like Jake in the Wastelands uh, from yes. the Dark Tower, uh, kind of simultaneously in uh, this superposition, um, and that is what leaves her open. Mm-hmm. That is what leaves her open to the outsider coming in, but that's not going to happen just yet. Um, additionally, yep. uh, she's got this uh, heart artifact uh, that she has from an old flame named Deirdre. Yeah, pretty, 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 pretty seriously. Yeah, yeah, love her. Yeah, uh, Pat passed away. Unfor- you know, passed away unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, and we we don't we have not met. No, Deirdre. That's not from another game or anything like that. That presumably happened between the knife of Dunwall. And and here, yes. the last appearance of Billy, where she betrayed Dowd, mm-hmm. etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We've never co- covered those DLCs in detail. We did like a tight five on them. Mm-hmm. So, so. Yeah. Um, so you get into the bath entrance, and this uh, introduces one of the uh, the hallmarks of this this game, which are these neutral zones. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're going in, the cultists don't care about you. Right. You know, you're just a, a another criminal. Uh, the guards do, though. Mm-hmm. Um, there are wanted posters for you everywhere. So it becomes this thing where you are free to a point mm-hmm. to walk around. Yeah. Um, and then you'll you'll get little helpful notices like neutral zone, you know, or hostile area, mm-hmm. depending on whether you need to hide from everyone. And large portions of the game take place in that neutral zone mm-hmm. um, where it's just like, yeah, I can I can be out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're out here, you can overhear uh, the different uh, cultists. Um, you can pickpocket uh, <laughs> in this game as well, which is really fun. Um, you're getting raw whalebone, which you can't use for like four missions. <laughs> right. Um, which you can't use like, until halfway through the game. <laughs> yeah. 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 
um man i forgot that the rat artifact ex- existed after like this yeah. mission uh usually so they, they 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 talk entirely like sparkly the crow mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so. the uh you can talk to rats mm-hmm. uh in this they talk like sparkly the crow they give you mission hints sometimes yeah i i found this pretty annoying yeah uh because it's it, it just like you don't never know whether you're gonna get something useful or you're just gonna get like feeding running chewing scared scared mm-hmm. lame hide safe you know and it's like, oh, man. <laughs> like spit it out yeah I'm, uh, I'm i'm warmer on rats than most people but at the same time like if this is all he talked about i don't know yeah it's it's a high <laughs> not not necessarily <laughs> scintillating conversationalist yeah yeah, yeah. Kind, kind, kind of bores chew through metal metal bone <laughs> Yo, shut up <laughs> i get it chewing yeah, yeah like, jesus single issue fucking voters man <laughs> Um, uh, but what is cool is like overhearing the eyeless like talk about just like the, the 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 various the various merits of either like natural medicine or bone charms like one person recommends like covering their entire body in nightshade ointment yeah, yeah. Well, they're posers yeah like i love i love how subtly that is portrayed yes as this like the eyeless the fact that you this game does a really neat thing that is it's so subtle that like people probably don't notice it i'm not trying to say like i'm good for picking it up but mm-hmm. like i didn't really totally put the pieces together until i knew the story mm-hmm. but the eyeless are presented as the big bads and then learning like no 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 like these are jabronis yeah they're like it's like a cargo cult like they're picking yeah. up like they, they don't actually know how to use these things it, it ended up feeling very uh lovecraftian to me yeah actually you know like uh the idea of you know, th- this cult that is worshiping this thing that they don't understand, mm-hmm. still doing damage yeah. in service of the actual movers and shakers who also don't understand, mm-hmm. you know, ended up feeling extremely, uh, you know, the good stuff when yes. it comes to cults. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you can get in through the front door and mm-hmm. right away, like you see your goal, you see Dowd. Uh, who's in an incredibly bad shape. Uh, he's being kind of kept below ground in this electric cage. Um, mm-hmm. They're making him fight under the name the Black Magic Brute. He's got 73 mm-hmm. wins and no losses. He's strapped to a chair and he's under the influence of this machine that suppresses his outsider powers. Yeah. He's got a uh, like a, a mutant containment. Yes. You know. Yeah. So like off. if they don't <laughs> if they don't do this, he would blink away and kill all of them. But he can't yes. really do it now. Which of course uh will happen. Oh yeah. Um so uh, you have to sneak around, you have to get actually get into the uh the works of this. Um you're also learning a little bit about um they have this thing called the uh the rat uh sp- plague spirit. Mm-hmm thing that they uh, drink they talk about this a lot it is a similar to like uh you know tequila with a worm in it yeah, it's like uh, a free penis wine <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's made out of rat squeezins is what it is the outsiders the outsiders favorite drink oh um. yeah rat squeezins the um and it's fun listening to people talk about it is they're just like you know it, it's this weird dare yeah we have you to know, pretend that we like it bad it smells it's like basically malort and uh, you can toss bottles of it to paralyze enemies with a stench. Yeah. Uh, so I really love that. But you, your your goal is to sneak upstairs mm-hmm. uh, here to uh, to get the key to turn off the machine. Yeah. Um, the the local chapter cult leader has it, uh, Jeanette. Yes. 
Um, it, I, so the way that I got up uh, was through the uh, the shower rooms off to the side. Mm-hmm. There's a ceiling panel that's missing, um, and it was real satisfying uh, just doing my sneaks all the way around the upper mezzanine as everybody was talking below. Yeah, yeah. Th- this level is very short. Yeah, like this is a room essentially, <laughs> like a big hall. Yeah. Um, and it's it's made. It's a great tutorial level. Yeah. Like going up to the, the, you know, there's not a lot of ways to sneak up there. You can, uh, unless you just want to fight past people and you can't, it's difficult at this point. Yeah. You can, bri- you, know? you can bribe a woman to open a door for you. Yeah. 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 Which is cool. Yeah. Um, but mainly, you know, you're going to want to, uh, to go up there when you, when you head up there, um, you see that people are ma- they're making bone charms yeah. to use, uh, uh, using the fights and to use as prizes. Um, you're going to want to grab these, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, and as you you head up, uh, you, there's a room where they have found some um, of the uh, Abbey of the Everyman mm-hmm. uh, that they've hung up yeah. um, by their wrist at the ceiling. And this is a, a new item we have here, the hook mine. Yeah. Um, I love that you can set it for stun or kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, which, again, there's not really a reason to. Nope. Uh, do do non-lethal things in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is cool to have you know, a non-lethal mine would have been great. Yeah the previous games where like there was a more of a system, you know, more systems built around it. Mm-hmm. Um, these are really useful. Yes. Yeah. You know, incredibly uh, useful. It's, it's hilarious to watch it go. It's basically like a grappling hook that you can affix to a wall that, yeah. <laughs> that will yank anybody who walks by it toward it. Yep. Yeah. Um, there are real quick before we get to the, the end of this, there are two contracts mm-hmm. uh, in this mission. Again, I'm just going to talk about these briefly. Cool. Um, so a cool one. Uh, they've been, uh, they also do dog fighting here. Yeah. Yeah, you know. um, and uh, somebody gives you a uh, they say like the, and they've been stealing dogs off the street for this. Um, you get a contract from somebody who says that the Eyeless stole her dog, Milky, who's an albino uh, wolfhound. No. And she wants him to, to put him out of his misery uh, and to be to be burned. Um, so doing this, like while stealthy is really tricky, you have to go into that room with the hook mines where you can kind of see into the dog kennel, mm-hmm. like just barely and uh, try to set him on fire from there. Yeah. Um, there's also somebody who wants you to to poison or uh, ruin their their stock and go destroy all of their rat plague uh, concoctions, their plague spirit bottles. Yeah, it shouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, Ex- oh, exactly. Yeah. And uh, this is you know this is generally worth it. You get money mm-hmm. for this uh, money. You know, spending money on grenades and stuff again. I I feel like is for suckers because you can steal all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. the uh, the equipment upgrades are necessary. Yes. In this game and in a game where I'm like super starved for character customization. Like I am going to get as much money as I possibly can and, and max out my guy. Yeah. More bone charm slots equals better than. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and just like all the different, you know, like there's a really great one that allows um, spring razor mines to go off twice. Mm-hmm. That was really useful uh, in the last level. Well, what if, what if so. your first catch wants a friend? Exactly. <laughs> well, not the, not the, uh, the hook mine, the spring razor. One. Oh yeah. Oh, whoops. <laughs> so, yeah, whoops. So what if they want like pieces of uh, hundreds of pieces of friend? Yeah. yeah. Maybe you, you want to feed the rats. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they would never eat people. I kept dropping things off for them. They'd be like, yeah. hungry, hungry, <laughs> bone. And I would be God like, damn it. The outsider the goes away for like one second and the rats stop eating people. God. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, just like, I, like it's good. You keep the, Stop talking about how it's good and eat mm-hmm. shit or get off the pot rats. <laughs> like, enough of this. Oh man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I, I can't remember Were the um, crazy, like rat beast dog things. Were those present in the main game? Oh yeah. Of those, are, those are wolf hounds. Those are, those gotcha. are the forever uh, dishonored dogs. Gotcha. So that's the one you have to kill the white, the albino one. Hmm. 
So okay, yeah, it was um like getting rid of Jeanette was was pretty was was pretty tough because she would go right for the release, um mm-hmm. and those wolfhounds going out on you on you know in a in a relatively limited area wasn't that great. However, I did unleash the wolfhounds um, myself on the actual people downstairs. Yeah. Um, and I hid while they, uh, while they dealt with that. Amazingly satisfying. And you can do it from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Lurk, instead of having a, a crossbow has this weird wrist mounted, mm-hmm. uh, thing that gets some, you know, can shoot different kinds of bullets and eventually, uh, can do charge shots. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the secret to this is that you can, uh, hit switches with it. Yeah. It allows you to do some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, kill Jeanette. Uh, as they're mm-hmm. talking about, you know, the way that they're running this illegal fighting ring uh, and you grab the key and everyone free- freaks out when you when you, mm-hmm. you know, take down Dowd's damper. Yeah. Uh, and he if anyone's alive, he teleports around the room like the beginning of X-Men 2 <laughs> and kills everyone. <laughs> yes. You know, um, they have a big poster of uh, the outsider uh out on their thing so he can motion to it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very dramatic. Like, in, case, in case you forgot. <laughs> You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you know, Michael Madsen's like, you ready for one last job? We're going to take down the black eyed bastard himself. Yeah. And just motions to the uh, the poster that just the, the PowerPoint that he had the eyeless set up in advance. Yeah. I fe- so I felt like Michael Madsen did a good job with this. I did miss Kiefer Sutherland. He was good as Dowd, I thought. Yeah. yeah. This is a joke for people about. Uh, isn't that a joke about uh, Metal Gear Solid 5? Uh, no, I mean, not really. It's always been Michael Madsen. Has it? I thought it was Kiefer yeah. Sutherland who did uh, who did um, doubt. Damn. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, huh. Yeah, it's always been Michael Madsen. Are you thinking of MGS five? No, that's no. Kiefer Sutherland, right? Uh, and yeah. Now? No, MG, okay. MGS five is, is is famously Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. I thought I thought I, I thought I was going crazy, and that it wasn't Kiefer Sutherland. And I was like, oh no! <laughs> like, what a, what a, the dumbest who's on first that's ever been <laughs> starting right here. It did, Incomprehensible. Did, 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 it's just it's just two ide- <laughs> two identical characters, two two identical actors arguing over which one is which. Yeah, which which one is which? If if any aunts you have understand this, they're sleep agents. They're scrolls. They're not really your aunt. It's, right. Um. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. It's always been, uh, it's always been Michael Madsen. Okay. I was, uh, I was, I was confused. So he, no. he did, he did fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like him in this. He's, he's much more grizzled. He's gray. Yeah. Yeah. He's been through some rough stuff. Gotcha. You know, um, I generally like Michael Madsen. I like that performance a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what, you know what he's yeah. good in, uh, walking dead season two. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, who is, uh, who is he in that? He, he plays the, the big bad of the, of like the first half of the season. He's Carver. Okay. Yeah, the guy uh, the guy yeah. who runs the uh, the the facility out of the uh, the hardware store. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I remember liking Walking Dead season two, but mm-hmm. I I played season one more than once. I've only played season two once. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm doing a stream right now, and I was like, man, that's a really good performance. Who is that? Oh, it's it's, it's, it's Keeper it's, Sutherland. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's Keeper Madsen. Keeper Madsen. The. Uh, so he basically says, you know, are you down for one last job? And there's some like, there's definitely some daddy issue stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here with uh, So, you know, Billy Lurk, she betrayed Dowd and mm-hmm. your big choice at the end of Knife of Dunwall is like to forgive her or not. Yeah. Like whether, whether she's doing this, um, you know, there is a version of this where she can be dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not canon, obviously, but that can, you can do that in a video game. And he's just like, you know, you're always my greatest pupil. Like you even out surpassed me and you even came and found me now. You know, there's some like kind of gentle dad vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Going on. Yep. So yep. it's good that they are uh, that that they are reunited. Uh, and their last mm-hmm. job is to kill the black-eyed bastard himself. So yep. 
uh cool um i just i just literally got you out of boxing prison and now we're gonna kill a god <laughs> uh, you know pretty cool I, like i'm into it and this is this is what we'll find out this is what doubt has been doing this is how he got captured yes was researching for uh god killing um the guards come in so you do that thing where you have to sneak into a building and out of it mm-hmm. um so you know it really well from slowly sneaking into it and you know like i was able to beeline right out of it mm-hmm uh, through the uh, the upper the chamber upstairs that yeah, like, yeah. has the window that goes out to the dumpster. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really satisfying to just kind of juke all these guards instantly and yeah. then overhear them like, you know, looking on this carnage and being shocked by it. <laughs> it's really funny because you can uh, on the next mission, you can see some uh, it changes the news post that's there yeah. because i escaped undetected they're like and 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 the <laughs> and the city guard came in and completely destroyed everything like like the the city guard took credit for busting yeah, up the yeah. ring even though i killed everybody there's a, there's a lot of those little newspaper differences that, that, that is so good i will always yeah. enjoy when that happens yeah i like it when a game acknowledges uh what you're doing in that in that specific way yeah and billy sure. gets pissed that the city guard takes credit for it yeah, yeah. I, I think that, like, actually, now you think about it, the beginning of this is a pretty good kind of thesis for them saying that, like, lethality is not going to be a concern of this game by yeah. having Dowd kill everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to imagine myself playing this like a classic Dishonored game and painstakingly knocking everyone out. Yeah. And then then Dowd waking up, killing everyone in the room, mm-hmm. whether they're sleeping or not, and then saying this is what we're going to do. Like, this this game is about a killing. Yeah, yeah. Like, go and kill. And, you know, spoiler, when you get to the end, you don't have to. Mm-hmm the murder but uh, i think that's actually pretty good to just kind of set that expectation before we get our powers before we get the big open world level yeah we shouldn't we shouldn't sweat blood exactly yeah, yeah. you should sweat gatorade mm-hmm. um so uh this goes on to mission to follow the ink yeah we're gonna we're gonna um this is a big mission actually we're like yeah, there, there, yeah. there are several like mini dungeons in this where we are trying to uh get to the bottom or more appropriately the top of what's going on with the eyeless yeah. Yep. Um, so we get a little bit of a reminder exposi- exposition talking about the Abbey and uh, talking about the void, the outsider, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, there uh, we are on the dreadful whale. Dowd's old ship. Yeah. Billy has Billy wakes up at her desk. Um, she's been having that same nightmare about her, about her hand and the outsider pops up. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very aggressive to the outsider. You know, of you course, some shit up. I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to kill you. Well, and, you know, she blames him yes. for a lot of the stuff that happened. And part of the story of this game is a little bit of like, not a redemption arc, but kind of questioning, mm-hmm. you know, this like wasn't all the outsider's fault. No, no. Um, you know, uh, but he, <laughs> how much responsibility should, should Billy and Dowd take for it? Yeah, yeah. Like how much responsibility do you have? Like that's one of the dishonored mm-hmm. themes, right? Like power and the separate, you know, power and responsibility and how they interact. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, having power, does that lead to behaving less responsibly can it things like that mm-hmm. um so you know you're kind of trying to tell him off but he grabs your arm and presses onto your eye and says the world was wounded around you mm-hmm. um, and shunts you back into this liminal state mm-hmm. uh, your arm is this weird detached floating bone your eye is now his eye which is a, a gem yes uh, and this gives you your powers. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the mark of the outsider and that's why you don't have the full gamut but you are void touched is yes. uh, is what this is the appearance of her of her missing arm uh, the yeah. way that the, of the way that shows up is so fucking creepy the way that yeah, yeah. It floats disembodied she's basically a rayman when when you get the uh when you get the dagger uh-huh the way it kind of like uh integrates like into it forms yeah, yeah it looks really cool yeah 
So, uh, but yeah, just like he says, all right, you exist in the super the superposition. Uh, I'm going to choose one for you. Boom, Schrodinger's outsider. Here you are marked with this, and this is part of his gambit. Why would he give you powers? Why would yeah. he? Why would he? You know, make you basically officially you know one half avoid thing if he didn't kind of intend for you to find him right yeah yeah he at no point does he try to talk you out of killing him like eventually you'll be like hey why is this these conversations aren't going the way that i think they would go (laughs) you know and uh and he basically just you know that this game isn't about that like Mm -hmm. you know that's that's not really what we're doing yeah um you step out you know there's that big portrait of the outsider dow took their poster Mm -hmm. um and he's sleeping on a couch um, you know, he recognizes your bodies, you know, he knows the outsider did it. He says the outsider's gifts come with a price. Uh, you won't know until you've already paid, which right. is a cool line. Uh, and he knows <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's made the same deal. Yep. Yeah. Um, something I didn't realize until I read it, uh, is that dreadful whale is a, is an anagram for farewell doubt. Oh yeah. I, that's interesting. Yeah. I just, I was just thinking of the, the double meaning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So the, uh, he basically explains how he got caught. Like he, there's this knife that made the outsider. He's been tracking it down. Um, mm-hmm. This appeared in the extended Dishonored universe. This not this knife first appeared in the Corroded Man, mm-hmm. the uh, Dishonored novel. Yeah. Um, so he's been tracking the Eyeless. That's where they ca- captured him. Right. And uh, he's like, you know, the Eyeless is this big cult here in Karnaka. Mm-hmm. Um, it has its strings in high and low society. Mm-hmm. Um, but the common element is everyone gets a tattoo at this parlor called the Red Camellia. Right. Um, and in order to get into all their parties, we need to, you know, we need to get this tattoo. But, you know, more importantly, we need to go to the Red Camellia and find find any kind of ledger they might have uh, that mm-hmm. will show us their client list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is uh, this is the first breadcrumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where we get our first powers. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we have some opportunities to use this as we go into the city and kind of see the way that Karnaka has changed and tried to put itself back together after the events of Dishonored 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we immediately start off with like, you know, a, a neutral zone. Mm-hmm. You know, and they explain that what that is. Um, you hear some street magi- musicians, mm-hmm. you know, playing off like it's kind of uh, bucolic and nice. Like yes. I like Karnaka. Yeah. Uh, in this game, it's not crawling with blood flies. Yes. Um. Yeah. And we, we are kind of introduced to this first main level. We're going to do a lot of stuff here mm-hmm. in this level. Um, this is actually the level where the next level takes place as well. Yep. <laughs> um, th- this uh, this city block or whatever of Karnaka is incredibly dense with incident. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it makes sense, you know, that a cult that a cult would have, a, well, you know, would have a hub of activity. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, here you're kind of, you know, getting the, you know, getting a hang of the ropes of how to use uh, specifically like foresight and um, displace together. Like you have to, you know, like go through, you have to go through a uh, event in your disembodied form to set the beacon. Right. Kind mm-hmm. of showing you, you know, the specific ways that this differs from previous teleportation you might have used. Yeah. That gives you a tutorial early on and then it kind of opens up a little bit mm-hmm. where you can use it in different ways. Um, you eventually make your way to the uh, the building with the tattoo parlor. There's a janitor in there. I did the way I played this was I didn't kill citizens. Yeah. But every guard had to go. Every mm-hmm. cultist had to go. Yes. Uh, guards because they're in my way. Cultist because they're cultist. Yes. Uh, if it was just a staff, like we're going to be going to a lot of places where they're going to be like, <laughs> you know, uh, maids and butlers and stuff. Yeah. No, they, they they just get a nap. They just get a visit from the shin sack. Yeah. 
yeah the uh yeah the, the uh good 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 poll yeah quite, quite a, yeah just, um but the uh yeah the servant the the, the service class mm-hmm. does not need to die no um even though there is uh, that little side story is somebody from the service class who's extremely bad no you know um in the tattoo area so we we look at the client book um it lists there are three leaders of this cult but only two of them have names mm-hmm. um it's a city uh administrator jacoby and a famous opera singer um at this point, you have the option to give yourself the eyeless mark. You don't have to do it. Oh, uh, you can uh, get into that building uh, through using semblance. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. Uh, there's a couple other ways to get in as well. I do it because it's, it's, it's a good design. <laughs> it is a cool design. Yeah. I, I uh, didn't because I didn't know if later that would give them some kind of power over me. Gotcha. Like I was thinking gotcha. about like the Praxis uh, thing in Human Revolution. This is the oh. first time I played. The second time I did it because I knew nothing would happen. But mm-hmm. the first it's... time I was like, this seems. Like they're going to use this to control my body or something. It's it's really funny when you use that to get in the front door, like past the bouncers, because you're like, yeah. geez, they're really letting their standards go because yeah. you do a bad job. <laughs> Basically prison tattoo yourself. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that, that that's really funny. You, you So you have the option of where you want to go, either the, uh, um, uh, the, the, the opera singer or the administrator. I did the opera singer mm-hmm. first for no particular mm-hmm. reason. Uh, there's a cool way to get into here. Mm-hmm. Um, you can learn about him having a lover uh, and them having a secret knock that the servants will let you in. Oh, nice. Uh, if you do this knock. So you go to the uh, his lover's house and learn about the secret knock huh. and then uh, go to his house and do the knock and the servants will let you in. And then they're like, you're not, you know, and then you knock them out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I ghosted this area, which was very fun. Oh, um, fun. I ended up knocking out a bunch of guards and, uh, they were all, there's a, a section early on this level where there are three chairs <laughs> uh, and I had guards sitting on all of them. And it was really, like, very fun. Like just sleeping. Just set like, up, set up like a little, like a little play. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, dogs playing poker, you know, kind of thing. It's just like, Oh, everyone's got tryptophan. Everyone's yeah. taking the big game nap <laughs> um uh, so i went in through kind of the abutting building uh, uh yeah. so you can go through the specter club uh which mm-hmm. is you know one of these you know eyeless socialite places this is yeah. cool because you get to see uh the blood parlor oh yeah the, the specter <laughs> club is a really cool optional kind of dungeon in this yeah like this is this is something that the game does i really like is that so you have uh contracts that will send you here mm-hmm Right. And I uh, might as well talk about them now. Like there, one of them is to kidnap the bartender alive. Okay. Uh, extremely difficult. The first floor of this is full of There's people. There's so many people in this. Yeah. Yeah. I had to knock him out from a distance and then just kill everyone, mm. which I wanted to do because I found out what was going up upstairs. Uh, the other thing you have is to rescue the guy who is, uh, oh, as yeah. part of, who is uh, getting uh, this thing called the sanguine infusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they, these uh, rich people have been doing that, you know, you go up there and you can ask about it. And he's like, yeah, the waiting list is months long. No. Yeah. They, through this machine, they have people uh, on one side of the wall and they kill them. Mm-hmm. And while they're dying, you get their blood. Right. And because they're crossing over to the void, this gets you high. Yeah. And it is so cool. It's so <laughs> creepy. It's so the rich people, you know, rich people preying on the poor, like literally taking their blood to get high. It's, it's not exactly subtle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The, 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 it's, it's not subtle. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's really grotesque. Mm-hmm. And there's like, um, this is where, so I wish I had gone to this area first. I actually ended up going to the club last because you get a lot of background on Jacoby mm. here. Um, he's in the cult. He has a, an audio phone or what have you, where he talks about, um, you know, him basically being a death pervert 
Yeah. You know, he he uh, he records someone's last moments and like basically does the villain, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're very scared, but it'll be all right. You know, and, and uh, does it does his villain performance about oh, yeah. the sanguine infusion. Yeah, I, did, I already knew he had to go, but uh, this added a little bit of pleasure to taking him out. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Th- this is the the oh, all these people got to go. <laughs> like they, they all got to go. Um, yes. When you get to the sanguine infusion place, you can reverse it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is pretty fun. I do like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it you know saves the person on the table, kills everybody else mm-hmm. uh, there, which I did, yep. and nobody notices. It just looks like they're sleeping. Yep. Uh, that that's very fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this little uh, this little dungeon. Uh, cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like it quite a bit. Yeah, very neat. So, um, so you can go into either through the the ground floor or through this connecting thing. You can go into Shan Yun's house, the opera singer mm-hmm. uh, there, which is a heavily guarded kind of classic Dishonored uh dungeon yeah uh the uh there is a dumbwaiter which is fun to fuck around with Mm -hmm. uh and get around things and the kind of gimmick here is that he has this thing locked up in a jindosh safe uh that only responds to the voice print from one of his particular songs right and you're like oh you know that's silly because it won't uh you know why would he key it to one of his recordings he talks about he got a throat infection once and couldn't get access to his safe right you know, so he made it so it can key up to recordings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the recording that it's keyed to changes um, yes. very frequently. Uh, and the audiogram card that you need to get to is in uh, kind of his archive, uh, kind of next to his conservatory there. Um, and the archive is wired for sound. Uh, yes. Oh, wait, no, it's wired so that it will shock you if you step on the ground. It's wired for electricity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's wired for the sound of uh, this will hurt. This will kill you. And not only will it kill you. It'll hurt the whole time you're dying. Uh, yeah. God, that's such a good sign. It's, I, I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, you know, you get in there, you sneak in, um, doing dishonored shit that we talked about before, like taking the whale oil tanks mm-hmm. out, of, out of things, uh, you know, distracting and or killing guards. Man, if you come in through the um, through the skywalk or whatever mm-hmm. that is, like it puts you right, like just like in this bottleneck. It took me forever to get past these guards. Cause, yeah, because like there's 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 one way that is like right through the most resistance, or mm-hmm. you can go through go through into like his performance room where there's a bunch of you know service staff who will raise who will raise holy hell if they see you. Yeah, yeah. I I think that uh, my my guess is that because I noticed that as well, but it is an easier approach from the ground floor. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of those things where like if you do the the alternate entrance, you get an easier approach. Yeah. Like uh, the ground floor is still has the same density of guards, mm-hmm. but being clearing out the first floor, which is relatively easy. Yeah. There's like three guards on that floor gives you a staging area to to clear out the people above. Yeah. Like if you throw a scotch glass at the end of the stairs, people will come downstairs to investigate and then they got to go one at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, they just get to go join the dogs playing poker. Yes. You know, in the in the, the lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, eventually you, you, you find uh, you find the good song. Um, we also can find uh, Shan Yun. He's kind of pacing back and forth in his room, and he's talking about basically he has joined the cult because he feels like his work is stagnating. Yes, he's seeking the void to get inspiration. Um, you know, obviously, anytime somebody is seeking Eldric cult shit for inspiration, mm-hmm. I think of like Haster, <laughs> you know, King and Yellow stuff, like yeah. you know, artists and poets. Um, but you know, for me, this guy's got to go. Yeah, uh, you know, because no cultist, uh, they have seen that sanguine infusion thing. Mm-hmm. So he's got to go. Uh, I murder him. Yeah. You cannot literally commodify the blood of the poor. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not, not going to be okay with me. No. Bernie Sanders is running. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we got the guillotine. 
better run. Uh, so uh, this is how we get into his uh, his safe, mm-hmm. where we find uh, one key, uh, but we find out it's for a joint uh, deposit box mm-hmm. in the bank. Yeah. Um, it has two keys because when you open it up, there's a submarine nuke inside. Yes, ex- exactly. Yes. Yeah, and it just blows up all of Karnaka. <laughs> oh. um, Karnaka not going to live here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I go over to Dr. Jacoby's office. It has to be intentional that they called him Dr. Jacoby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's locked. There's a note on the door. Uh, he's actually giving this speech uh, down at a... Um, uh, a plaza. Yeah, down at a plaza. Um, and we can get help from someone named Eloise instead. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't do that. I went directly to him mm-hmm. giving the speech. Um, he's giving the speech about the government regraving uh, act. And it's this whole thing where he, it's like, it's pretty fun to just, cause this was a difficult, there's a lot of guards here. Mm-hmm. This was a difficult uh, set piece for me. Um, so like just listening to him, like stumble over it, like, and, and who will take care, take care of it? No, not take care. Yeah, Like, you know, just kind of just constantly like, tinkering with his speech as he like unconfidently tries to deliver and rehearse it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so much of it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good, they record a lot of dialogue for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um and i i really enjoyed this like he's he's pacing around on the stage right above a trap door <laughs> yeah so you can go downstairs you have to sneak down there and it's guarded mm-hmm. but if you sneak down there uh you can go down there and open up the trap door what's kind of fun is the trap door uh there are some like you know some some the prestige-esque mm-hmm. sacks of of clothing but it's not doesn't cover the whole thing nope so the first time i did this i uh, knocked him out and then i reloaded for some reason mm. like i was trying to do something different and the second time it just murdered him when he's <laughs> landed on his head i was like oh, i was gonna kill this guy anyway yeah no he's, yeah I, okay. heard the, I heard the tape <laughs> yeah I, I heard the tape um he's got to go but you can get the key from him right so you can go to his office yeah um and get the uh the second second uh key to the safe deposit office mm-hmm. and uh, now we gotta go to the bank uh before we do just a couple you know side notes again Mm-hmm. Talking about contracts, um, you know, I mentioned kidnapping the bartender, uh, getting the guy from upstairs. Those are both pretty similar. Um, the fun contract for me, this one is called Death to the Mime. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah, a, I read about this one. Yeah, there's like a guy who's doing doing a human statue uh, thing similar to like Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. And people are watching him all day because I guess people <laughs> watch human statues. Yeah. It happens in real life, too. I don't understand it. And uh, you have to take him out. But the trick is, is he's, it's very crowded mm. right there. So not causing the whole guards to freak, you know, all of the guards to freak out. And you had to make it look like a suicide. You had to throw him off a, a popular suicide cliff um, <laughs> afterwards. You have to throw him uh, off Lover's Lookout. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's, uh, Dead Man's Bluff <laughs> is what it's called. Um, so the uh, I was pretty proud of myself, though, because I couldn't figure I was trying to figure out a non-lethal way to get people away from him. And I ultimately was like, oh, yeah, like. Went into the bar, grabbed uh, that rat, the plague rat conco- concoction, <laughs> and threw that down. And everyone started leaving because it smelled so bad. It stinks. And then I was able to run up and grab him. Yeah, uh, which is fun. <laughs> then there's a bad one that takes place in the bank called workplace harassment that I could not get, could not work. Like you no. had to follow this woman back from the bank to the club, yes. and then kill her bosses. Uh, and I just couldn't uh, semblance long enough and stealthily follow her long enough with my power set. Yeah. Um, the other side thing that I mentioned is that there is a uh, taxidermy office mm-hmm. uh, that you can walk into. It's open for business. Um, you talk to her. She's just like a normal lady, uh, but she has a basement door that's locked. Uh, you try to get into it. She gets upset. Uh, she attacks me. 
Um, I knock her out. I go down there and she's breeding blood flies with prisoners to harvest their amber. Oh, boy. Um, and she's got like an, a whole bunch of them down there and stuff. And Billy's like, oh, people try to do this every once in a while. And you read about it and every time they end up dead. Well, yeah, because like, they're breeding blood flies. Yeah, it, it's, it, I love the like economic, you know, impetus for this. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's a guy down there as a prisoner who's like, let me out. And she's got this like dual chambered cell set up. Yeah. Where one of one side is full of blood flies and one of them's got him in there and there's a little lever where you could open up the the passage yeah. to like let them feast on him. You know, so I let him out. Yeah. Uh he leaves. Uh I kill as many blood flies as I can, but I can't get into that um into the thing where they're at, where they're breeding. Mm-hmm. Um the guards come in at this point, so you have to break your way out. Okay. It's really difficult. Like I'm down in a basement, and there's no exit. Right. So I ended up setting traps uh for them because they were coming down and I was still not outfitted for one-on-one combat. So I ended up setting a bunch of mines and then getting out. And when you come back here for the bank job, if you have done this, uh, the whole basement is infested with uh, blood flies. Um, And there end up being more of an infestation. Like you have to like break through a little door to get in. And then the, uh, when you open up the door, it just like they flood out Mm -hmm. Uh, and you have to, you can bust your way down there and get a bunch of money because uh, they created that Amber. Well, yeah, no, just a, you, you, you got to go, go down there and uh, get the fool's mess, the fool's meth from the tickle harvest. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fool's mess. One, one other uh, set of good, just like, like good details uh, from back, uh, back in Dr. J- Jacoby's office, uh, like his inner room. So he's got the parlor where he's got the billiard table and stuff like that. You go into his actual office where he's working and like, you can see all of the drafts of the speech that he's preparing. Yeah. Yeah. That was very fun to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. yeah. Um, and it's really, it's real weird when you go to, uh, go to him without learning that he's a villain first. Uh-huh. You know, cause I'm like, <laughs> he oh, yeah, seems guy, so guy, hapless. Yeah. yeah. This guy, this guy sucks, you know, but you don't know how bad he sucks. Mm-hmm. So pretty fun. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, now that you have the two keys, we know we have to get into the bank. Right. And this starts mission three, the highlight mission for the game, uh, the bank job. Yes. Uh, this is the most wide open of the missions. Um, mm-hmm. and boy, this takes place in a big area. This is huge. Yeah. It's the level we were just in, mm-hmm. uh, with some areas closed off plus new areas, plus the bank. Yeah. Plus every part of the bank. Yeah. Um, and there are like three possible ways to get in. This feels specifically informed by, um, by Hitman 2016. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, and and it just uh, it is the most dishonored highlight level to me. Yes. Like the bank is complicated. This has like Clockwork Mansion vibes a little bit. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of moving parts to this that are really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, this level is great. Like this, this to me is worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. You know, like the, these A plus dishonored levels are rare. There's mm-hmm. three of them. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to not play play them yeah. in my lifetime. Um, so uh, you have to get in here. Um, there are a couple different ways to do it. Uh, you can either go in through the rooftop, um, through the trash disposal, or through the sewers. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that the beginning, the lobby of the bank is a really annoying bottleneck to me. Mm. Um, it was really hard. I ended up having to semblance past it, but the guard who's standing at the top of the stairs can look at that whole lobby oh, yeah. or that whole uh, courtyard where mm-hmm. you can semblance people. And then semblance does not last very long. So I could go up into the uh, the, the newspaper guy. There's another little side quest in the last mission where if you don't want to kill J- Jacoby, you can gather evidence for him for a newspaper okay. guy and have him discredited. Um, I ended up doing that, but then at the end, I'm like, yeah, but he's actually dead. Yeah. Uh, so the newspaper guy's like, well, it's story's a story. Yeah. And no. he, he still writes it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get up to there, but I had a hard time getting into the bank mm. this way. Yeah. Um, so anyway, no. um, which way did you, uh, did you go into the, uh, the bank? Uh, so I went in through the rooftop, like I rode the, <laughs> uh, the, the, the painter's elevator, uh, to get yeah. up there. Uh, and I also, I made this a lot easier for myself by doing the side quest, uh, to get the laudanum. Yeah. I, I can't really imagine doing this without that. Yeah. It like makes the mission feel very different and cool. Yeah. Uh, um, but just the, like all of all of these guards just uh just like laying around in k-holes it's yep, like, exactly. i'm gonna, I'm gonna and, gingerly and step over you yeah you know yeah he, he says like hey you know get some laudanum and put it you know one of the bank's weaknesses it has this central ventilation system mm-hmm. you know so knock everybody out um getting the uh the poppy tincture is interesting because uh the kind of correct way is to find it at an auction um you know it was uh the Pharmacist was foreclosed. They're doing an auction at the same place where Jacoby was pres- uh, practicing a speech. Mm-hmm. You can also just buy the poppy tincture from a black market. Oh, yeah. Like the game allows you to not fuck with it if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't. Of course, I went and did the mission. But oh, I think yeah. it's interesting that it made you buy your way out of it if you're yes. not feeling it. Yeah. Um, and like the foreclosure and the bank auction is all being done like under false pretenses. Like this is specifically the cult like trying to strong arm somebody out for not uh, for not playing ball. Yeah, yeah, this is called nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you get this, uh, you go up to the roof. That's where your roof is the best place to break in, not just because it's ease of use, but also because it allows you to do this uh, this laudanum thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you get up to the rooftop. Um, there is a Dark Souls. There's a bonfire yeah, there's up there's a bonfire with a sword in it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good, good little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you pop in and we uh, break our way into the, uh, the bank. Mm-hmm. And all the guards are asleep. Yeah. Um, they'll wake up if you make too much noise. But this is incredibly satisfying to scoot around, stealing everyone's coin purses and reading all their mail <laughs> while they know. sleep. Yeah. Um, and like you would think, OK, so, yes, this does make it easier, at least on the approach. But like I lived in fear of any alarm going off because like oh, if yeah. I was going through, you know, if you're going through normally and knocking, knocking the enemies out or killing them um then yeah they're not going to be there to wake up and come get you no like i like i didn't deal with anything by knocking them out i just delayed i delayed them getting up yeah yeah yep yep um and i killed guards on the ground oh yeah you know because it's like ah these guys are going to wake up eventually and Mm -hmm. they do you know for me at least in my game i think you can just totally stealth this but i did not yeah Uh, um hey pocket (laughs) hey pocket is uh parkouring around cool He's, he's he's doing his own little dishonor level he's got the agility <laughs> yeah. rune um the uh so the the basic concept of this is going around getting information learning how the bank works at first right and we learn uh the kind of gimmick here uh the bank has this elevator that is its vault mm-hmm. um and the uh it can so the the vault can move up to different floors depending on where it's needed and it's difficult to get into so we need to uh get the control room to place the uh the vault somewhere advantageous mm-hmm. also get the key from the bank owner right dolores michaels mm-hmm. um and just because we dealt with the human guards doesn't mean that we're out of the woods because we also have uh just these um instant death tesla coils later on that we have to turn yeah. off um and the mechanical guards uh show back up yeah the clockwork soldiers yes um they have different face masks and dolores has recorded her voice for them <laughs> yeah. um, one of the great you know little little details of how these things work that you have to like actually do your own tape recorder for them. Mm-hmm. And her, her things are really great. Like they're very customer service focused. Yeah. <laughs> um, also those Tesla coils, which you can, you can get past um, one of my favorite, you know, just gaming moments mm-hmm. 
that happened in this was rewiring the Tesla coils and then getting into the guard shack and saying all active guards on duty report to a break in in the Tesla coil hallway. <laughs> uh, and then coming down and just finding a big pile of swords and, and <laughs> it's, it's bug yeah, yeah. Um, everyone has been vaporized. Uh, uh, that was incredibly fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Dolores Michaels, uh, her office is right up at the top. Um, mm -hmm. and here you can, uh, press a button to drop her projector screen, um, and learn a little bit about where we're going to be headed. Like this is mm -hmm. meaningful. We see, um, uh, basically like a topographical map of this mining site, uh, way up in the mountains that has been altered by the void. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um you also find an invitation from the Eyeless to this location. They want Dolores to join. Yes, uh, from the uh, well, so it's not technically to the eyeless. It's weird. There are two cults. Yeah, it's like a farm cult and a real cult. This is from the real cult. Yes, uh, Dol Dolores is part of the eyeless. Mm -hmm. She's going to be part of the the envisioned, but that's also the name of the monsters. So it's a little yeah, confusing. Like, yeah. The envisioned was their original name. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's a lot of cult history that we're going to find out because we're going to find out this is one of the, those classic mine libraries. <laughs> <laughs> you know how big of always having mine libraries? Yeah, you know, it's sewer level. Yeah. Uh, sewer level, uh, you it's, know, hallway, space station, mm -hmm. library mine. <laughs> yep. That's uh, one of those. Yeah. It's like, it's like those, uh, the, like the salt cathedrals and the old exactly. mines. Yeah. yeah. Um, so pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that we get this thing. We, we, uh, can knock her out, go up there, get her key, read her diary. Um, the reason why she wants to join is because she's being promised immortality. Right. You know, uh -huh. um, however, she says, I'll never be able to join if they find out the Cien Cienfuegos, uh, which are the old pharmacy owners mm -hmm. they smuggled eyeless documents into the conservatory yes so we find out that that's the next little trail of breadcrumbs like after we get this thing from the safe mm -hmm. uh whatever it is this artifact um we have to go to this conservatory and get those documents right um and yeah we like we could have stumbled upon this intrigue earlier so like that's why dolores that's why the bank um impounded the pharmacy yes uh, because san fuegos you know, who was involved in all this stuff. He passed away recently. They didn't really care. They needed to uh, strong arm the daughter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, uh, you go down and you, know, you get those codes to uh, call off alarms or do things for the, the bank. You get them from the security chief who's downstairs. Mm -hmm. He's knocked out, but he's got a clockwork guard and electrified floor around him. So it's mm -hmm. a little tricky. Yeah. This is also the room with all the rank and file vaults, <laughs> which you can find codes for and get treasure. Yeah. Uh, it's tied to the contracts. The contracts in this uh, level are not great. Yeah. Um, there's one that's a big money one uh, that requires you to not harm anyone and not oh. get caught, which I did not do. Weird. Um, but you get $900 for it. And there's kind of a funny one where there is a self-portrait by Duke Bell of himself. And it's this really goofy drawing <laughs> um, you have to get. It's the uh, the real you know, such a masterpiece, and it's a very, very silly drawing. Like it wasn't Duca Bell. Like there, there was a body double that you, that that you installed. So like, cannot like you could have installed um in one of the main missions. And mm -hmm. like the, the the idea is that canonically, this is the body double who is picking up and he was picking up the art career, but he's bad. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. everybody still values his art anyway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, love yeah. it. So pretty, pretty, pretty great little detail. Yeah, yeah. Um. So you basically, you make your way, eventually you can get into the, uh, you, you set the vault into the correct floor mm -hmm. uh, that you want it at. Um, by this point, guards had woken up. Yes. For me, like I was in a different area of the bank where they were not knocked out. Mm -hmm. um, not all of them died from the hallway, so I'm engaging. Um, reminding me how fun it is to fight clockwork soldiers in this game. Like, I really yeah. like that uh, those fights. Mm -hmm. uh, the pro tip is to come at the sides. Oh, of course. 
Um, yeah. The uh, but you get inside the thing and there is a little Jindosh puzzle. Yeah, uh, we've been uh, we've been reading kind of like some some notes about this um, throughout. People are just really annoyed because Jindosh, you know, the person who designed the Clockwork Mansion uh, from mm-hmm. before, uh, it is he's real obnoxious about this stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, they don't, they don't call it this because nobody named Fibonacci existed in this world, but they basically outline the unsolvable algorithm of the Fibonacci sequence. Yes. Yeah. It's, which would be obnoxious. There's a little bit more of a twist to the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. The, like, the, the, there, like, there is. Like I, 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 I like that quite a bit. The fact that they do have the one you have to skip is very yeah. good. Yeah. Like there, there's one set of the vaults that are not part of it. So you have to put in the Fibonacci sequence as if they were. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that, that's a pretty clever puzzle. Yeah. I think it's not like the, the logic grid thing from Dishonored 2, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a, you know, I like it. Yeah. Um, and you get into it. Um, you get a bunch of stuff. If you unlock, you know, you, you automatically have the code, the two keys to get the knife. But if mm-hmm. you unlock uh, the Fibonacci thing, you get a bunch of bonus treasure. Oh, yeah. It, it unlocks all of them. And you can get, yeah, uh, plenty yep. of money, lots of bone charms, et cetera. Yep. Uh, but then uh, you get the... Uh, the knife. Yeah. The uh the twin knife. You get a Gemma knife. Mm-hmm. The Gemma um, knife. That's a pitch energy uh from <laughs> this episode. Um, it's a good show, the, uh, man. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It stands up. It's a complete story. Yeah. Um, listen to it. Uh so the outsider grabs you when you grab this. Mm-hmm. He kind of taunts you, he gives you the we're not so different. Okay. All right. Uh, but he kinda he kinda makes his case, like, you know, we were both left to die and change forever when we took on a new name, kind of foreshadowing his story. Yes. And you're like, oh, you you know, you think you know everything. He's like, I know lots of things. I know that mm-hmm. Doubt is dead on the ship where you left him. Yeah. Uh, and I know uh, this is coming to a conflict at the black center of all things. Mm. You know, he, like good dialogue. No. Yeah. Uh, here, Doubt was very sick when you left, uh, so this was a possibility that he would die. Yeah. He even says like, I might, I might not last until you get back. Yeah. You know? And the out, the outsider kind of leaves. You know, like, all right, well, you found the knife that'll kill me. What will be left when you walk away? Yeah. Basically, leaving you to contemplate that. Um, and this knife, uh, so this is where you get the ability to craft bone charms mm-hmm. we talked about. It's also basically gives you a fourth power, right? Um, the sword, it just replaces your normal sword, but the, uh, you can, uh, charge it to do kind of a wind blast, mm-hmm. um, to break doors and to fling enemies away. So it kind of gives you the fourth, a fourth power, right? Gives you force push. Yeah. Um, and this lead me, takes us on to the fourth mission. You know, we found out that somebody, uh, you know, the San Fuegos have given some documents to the uh, conservatory. Mm-hmm. So we have to go to mission for the stolen archive. Yes. This is an area from the first game. Uh, yep. Although it's it is. Dishonored 2. Not- yeah, yeah. I guess I suppose it's the main game. Um, uh, but it's changed substantially. You know, previously, this had been a place where a whole bunch of stuff um, associated with Delilah. Uh, was kept but the abbey of the everyman has moved in and like one of the first things that we see when we get off the cart is the overseers uh burning <laughs> burning all of this material so we've got to figure out by looking at the you know by, by going to the different um abbey people figure out if the thing we're looking for was among the stuff that was burned mm-hmm. yeah yeah and this level is uh you know, it was where uh, Delilah was, but it was also their conservatory. So it was yeah. a museum, mm-hmm. national, you know, natural history museum that she had kind of taken over. Now it's like three levels. It was a natural history museum. 
that was taken over by witches and that is now being investigated <laughs> it is, yeah it, it is now um being dissolved and liquidated by the uh by this oppressive church that yep. can you know you, you share a goal like they don't they don't like the outsider but they're bastards too so yeah yep yep uh yeah the uh the abbey of the everyman is no good and mm-hmm. and thus and we're gonna see how no good they are it's kind of a big deal because they brought in the oracular sisterhood mm-hmm. into this which are not mechanically different but were always a cool part of the every abbey of the everyman lore like yeah the, the battle every, nuns that they have <laughs> yeah they're they're cool blind battle nuns you know um the the abbey is really cool in terms of uh flavor mm-hmm yeah. So, uh, but this, you know, begins with Dowd's Viking funeral. You know, Billy sinks both him and the dreadful whale, uh, mm-hmm. knowing that, like, hey, my work is here. Uh, no longer need the boat. You go down with the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Farewell. I'll finish what you started. Yeah. Uh, and you will. Um, so you uh, you kind of start in this like flop house here um and can can make your way in there um this is really interesting because there's a contract uh that is very specific um that is uh there's kill everyone <laughs> like hey these guys gotta go yeah, i agree you know which which i love like hey you know that is they're not okay mm-hmm. um there's one overseer that they want to have you have torture and not kill mm-hmm. um put in this uh this torture chair which we'll learn about yeah um, there's a thing they want you to grab these prophecies. And then there's also a side mission, uh, which is just, if you're exploring, um, there's an apartment across the way. Did you end up going to that? No. Oh man. Cool. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I don't feel like, like I was, like, I don't feel like I was rushing this. I feel, I feel like I dropped the ball. It's okay. It's okay. Like, no, no shame, but it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a mission to go in there and get this black bone charm. Um, because their apartment, they're like, Hey, I left my apartment in a hurry. Once the overseers showed up. Um, I don't think they got to my treasure, though, because I trapped my apartment. Oh, yeah. And it's this huge two-story apartment full of tripwires and traps and blood flies and, like, to slowly, meticulously take apart. Oh, nice. Um, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And there are, like, dead guards that have tried to get in uh, here. It's it's very cool. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's to the, if when you first leave, it's right across the street from the uh, the observatory. Okay. Or conservatory. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Um, so you mainly you're going to go in here and just murder everyone. It's a pretty straightforward level. Mm-hmm. Um, there are the overseers. So they have helmets, metal helmets. So they're hard, you can't just headshot them mm-hmm. from a distance and, and reliably one headshot them. Um, you can if you get the charge thing yeah. or if you hit them from behind. Um, and then there are the oracles that have attack with maces. Yeah. These uh, melee battle nuns. Yeah. Um, I got myself into a really good um, and by good, I mean funny uh kill chain on this <laughs> we're mm-hmm. like okay i'm gonna knock somebody out if somebody sees me they run up to me i knock them out somebody sees me dealing with that body i knock them out yeah yeah <laughs> totally like getting the uh like not only was i going to kill these guys anyway but yeah. get, having the mission that contextualized it yeah just made it was just like yeah man this is good <laughs> this will be fun like i would have rather have done it with previous dishonored's powers mm-hmm. but it was really good to have license to kill bigots yeah now, you're always going to get me with a game that lets you kill bigots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and yeah. Pocket okay. agrees. Pocket hates bigots. <laughs> um, good boy. Mm. Pocket is anti And Antifa cat. Um, so, uh, having dealt now with the Antifa cat, mm-hmm. the, uh, just for a little cut there where I had to deal with the cat. <laughs> you can set the curtain. Um, the, uh, you're heading in here. Um, we know that Sister uh, Rosewin is the one here who uh, has what we need. Um, so we have to, uh, kill everybody. We also had to get into her office and such. Right. 
and find things. She's going to have uh, kind of more sensitive documents mm-hmm. that we need. Uh, and like to get her keys and everything, like she is out giving this like sermon to a whole bunch of the oracular sisters. Yeah. Everybody is looking at her and well, they all got to go. Uh, but yeah. again, disempowered the like the actual combat side of this. This is where I really relied on the uh, the pearls. What were those called? The outsider Hag pearls. Hag pearls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is a reusable knockout mm-hmm. uh, thing, and will distract people. Yes. So you can only carry one at a time, but you can shoot it out of your your gun. Yeah. And pick it back up. Um, once you get the charge function, it will knock people out. Mm-hmm. Up until then, it just annoys them or gets their attention. Yeah. Um, the way I dealt with this was setting up a bunch of mines between me and them and mm-hmm. then starting to snipe them. Yeah. And then having them die from the mines, the ones I couldn't snipe. Yeah. Uh, to get to me. Um, there's also this little – so you get that. You get the key. There's a mm-hmm. subplot in the basement as well yeah. where they're torturing one of Delilah's witches. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I just I, – you know, I love the lore and, and cosmology of Dishonored. The way they torture them is things that are touched by the void – uh there's this perfect music that they use yes and the math of the music uh like hurts them and there's an audio recording of this it like seems extremely fucked up Mm. you know uh what what happens here and that is what that little side mission is you take the lead uh abby fella overseer and you put him in the chair for later yes like kill everyone except for this guy so i can walk in here and just have my way with this guy who's been torturing us Mm -hmm. but uh it's pretty fun you can let um there's a witch here you can let her out yeah um and save her you get some stuff for it you get the location of a key to a room that has uh these bone charms in it yeah 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 uh so uh you're eventually going to want to get up to the curator's office um and here the head overseer i forget his name i didn't make a note of it sorry Um, he is performing this autopsy on a woman uh you take him out it's uh it, it is straight up said that he is going to fuck this body yes yeah uh elvero Alvaro, there is, is this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty gross. Mm-hmm. You know, the love dead. Like, not great. Yeah. Um, you know, don't don't fuck the dead. No. I don't, I don't know. You know, I guess when I think about it, like, what is my <laughs> Are we going to make a PSA? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, I, you know, I'm trying to think, like, is it, do I have a real heavy moral objection? Like, where's my objection to that? Other uh, than just, like, don't do it. Yeah. You know, it's grody. And it's it's real disrespectful to the to the person. Yeah. I think it's disrespectful to their family. Yeah. You know, the person doesn't live there anymore. Right. But, like, their family might not like it. Yeah. You, know, you can't consent when you're dead. No. You know? Huh. I, I, did, so. I didn't expect to, like, un, 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 untangle the ethics of this today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's worth considering. Yeah. What's up with those, uh, that necrophilia? <laughs> no, we're going to crack this nut. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm just asking questions. Like, what up with it? Yeah, you know? I just, I, okay, I'm going to turn this chair around. Let's have a wrap about necrophilia. Yeah, just, just learn a little something. Yeah, pro or con? <laughs> take a take a side. Yeah, Jesus yeah. God. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, but yeah, you get to the curator's office. Uh, you, the, this this is where you end up taking us to Sister Rosewood. Uh, yeah. I, I, I I sniped this. Uh, she's the one who's carrying the silver graph slide uh, that, uh, uh, you know, you've got to basically take out a whole classroom of overseers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all got to go. Yeah, they all got to go. Uh, but this, uh, you know, you take this, you take this slide, put it in a projector, and this shows you the same topographical map that you saw um, in the in Dolores' office at the uh, uh, bank headquarters. Yeah. Yep. The uh, the specific location yeah. of this, which gives us our actual location, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the quarry the yeah. mine, 
the Shindari Peak, mm-hmm. uh, which we're going to. Uh, you pack up uh, with this information. You go there for the final mission, A Hole in the World. Right. Um, and we're going to physically walk into the void as opposed to being drawn there by the uh, by the outsider after yes. dying. Right. Yeah. Shindari Peak is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea here is there's like this one place on Earth where the barrier between real life and the void um, is is very thin. Mm-hmm. It was a mining town that was like had amazing silver, but the miners started going crazy and killing each other and having nightmares. Well, because there's the body of a dead god here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is this is great flavor. I love it. Um, it's been abandoned forever. You can find the old mining headquarters in the old mining town and like hear these stories, like read these stories mm-hmm. of the uh, of the miners. Uh, and this has been taken over by this cult, yeah. the original cult, the four thousand year old cult. Uh, that created the outsider mm-hmm. and their descendants and what have you. Yes. And uh, they turned it into a classic library mind video game level. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's part of the canon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you show up and uh, the outsider appears here saying like, Hey, this is where the bastards, you know, work essentially uh, saying, Hey, you're going to find another artifact here. Remnants of the God that came before him. Um, yeah. And that is, you know, going to be the, what, what lets us pass through the veil. Right. Yep. Yep, yeah. Um, and this is uh, kind of, to me, like, a, there's an interesting flavor here. It's kind of like a long, tedious level. It's very long. Yeah, it's really long. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand it for the climax of the thing. Conceptually, this is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and these guys are fuckers. Uh-huh. Like, as, as soon as you get here, we get, we learn how they are fuckers. Yes. You he, know, he straight uh, up says, like, yeah, these are the people who made me what I am today well you know, again. and you get like when you get to the mine you get that demonstration where like the guy is getting you know tries to get out of the gang and gets killed yes you know and it's because he's been talking to rats and like mm-hmm. one of their precepts is don't be concerned with mundane things yes you know like a rat i'm like well the rats talk mm-hmm. i know they're boring but they're not that mundane <laughs> don't subtweet them like that yeah. um <laughs> yeah don't subsqueak them <laughs> thank the, you um but the um uh, they're 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 real fuckers. You can also uh, there's a really interesting mechanically in a way that I think that the potential doesn't actually get realized. Yeah. Um. So you look at them uh, close up and they're turning to metal. Yes. Um. They get these veins in them like veins of silver. It's mm-hmm. incredibly cool look. Uh. But they have powers. Mm-hmm. Um. You don't see them very often, but they there are like a bunch of different types of these guys because the way dishonored combat tends to be you know you're stealthy and you kill guys in one hit mm-hmm. and you're not squaring up and doing a lot of one on one fights, but like. These some of these guys can double jump. Some of them can blink. Some yeah. of them can move really fast. Some of them get like they use bone charms. They use yeah. runes. Like it's pretty neat mm-hmm. uh, that to have the idea of just like your rank and file enemy having these powers, even though the potential does never you know is never actually actualized. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, the reason that they're turning into metal, you know, we're going to find this. Um, you know, is uh, they're because they're exposed to the void. Uh, prolonged exposure to it causes them to turn into these things called the envisioned. Uh, yes, you know, shares a name with the original cultists. Like this is a, an honorable process. Like it is something you know to be desired to kind of like hand over your humanity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though, like it sound like it's doesn't sound, the the envision get real weird. Yeah, like they stop talking. There are things that suggest that like they can talk. They just choose not to. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't seem pleasant. No. Being one of the envisioned to me. Um, these are these crazy rock golems. We see one mm-hmm. early on as we're sneaking in. Yes. Um, the thing we see them talk about one, one walks into the wall. <laughs> um, we kind of learn this background, but we're not going to straight up deal with them for a while. Yeah. There's something about the geometry of this level. Like it's mostly corridor, it feels like. 
mm-hmm. in a in a weird way, and I do not associate that with like fun dishonored play. Um, no, it, it ends up it, being it, like real bottleneck heavy. Yeah, it's because of the space, right? Yeah. Like mines don't typically have a lot of hallways and rooms, right? You know, it's really strange. Like they uh, they spice it up in terms of flavor. Like mm-hmm. there are gigantic bookshelves built. Yeah, the like, like the, really the the actual like barracks that they run is real cool. Yeah. yeah, you know, but the the wireframe is is less cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's lots of hallways, lots of kind of um, you know crevasses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you get to the living quarters, and you've got so you can overhear some cultists talking about this uh, high ranking member who was killed for apostasy. Seems to be a real problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with yeah. people either uh, learning too much and trying to get away, or learning just enough and trying to get away. Like this is not yeah. necessarily. A, uh, a warm place to be. It's like um, a really demanding cult. Like you have to give up, you you know, give up uh, all your titles. You give up all your wealth. You can't yeah. contact your family. Um, they, there's a, a story you can hear about a guy who brought his dog oh, and they, they killed his dog. Right. And then they killed him because he cried about it. Like they were like, the crime was not that he brought the dog. Mm-hmm. It was that he showed regret about it or showed remorse. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, these guys, this is an ancient evil order. These people are worse than anything that I've been dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to go. Yes. Uh, so. so this guy who apparently learned something he shouldn't have learned, uh, he, you know, he's, he's been dealt with. Um, we're going to find him a little bit later. His quarters are locked away. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, we want to get we want to get in there to take a look at his research because it will you know, it, it will be the key that we need. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you wind your way through. Uh, guarded corridors, you get to this void entrance, um, and we find uh, the Eye of the Dead God. Mm-hmm. It's this big gem in the shape of an eye that's on the wall. Yes. And uh, when you touch it, um, you're the, the power of this enters you. Mm-hmm. Um, this glow stops, everything goes milky here, and when you turn around, you are in this hybrid of the void and the level. Once I realized <laughs> that I that this wasn't just a teleport to the void, but like you are seeing a different physically altered version of it, where mm-hmm. it's all like mixed together. That is such a cool idea. It's really neat. It's so yeah. good. Reminds me of the old hunters. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like when you first show up in, in that area. It's also neat too, because the implication is that when you become the envisioned, this is what things are really like. This mm-hmm. is what is true. And this is what they see all the time. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite little bits with the envision, these like creepy golems is hearing the cult cultists talk about them. Like, Oh, it's weird. Like the envisioned are seem really agitated today. I wonder what's going on with them. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's very scary to think that there are these, these giant rock golems uh-huh. that kind of like big daddies almost. Uh, yeah. Like that's a good comparison. Around, yeah. You know, that, and, that, and, and, that they're unknowable, but you still have to reckon with them. Yeah. They're still there. Yeah. You know, and, and here they, they're almost like this object of like worship to them, but they're well, yeah. so alien and cold and they maybe used to be your friend. And like, mm-hmm. it's real. God, the lore and dishonored is cool. Yep. Like, give me that fucking Dishonored source book. Have you read? Well, I mean, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm way into it. Like, yeah. give it to me. Yeah. Have you read any of the novels? Are those good? Uh, I read the first couple of chapters of The Corroded Man. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I just didn't care for the prose. Yeah. Like, the lore was cool, and I was kind of skimming it for lore bits. Yeah. But, like, I, you know, the prose was a little bit, uh, a little bit like author's first stab at doing Wolverine, it felt like. Oh. <sighs> you know, there's a little, little internal monologue, badass internal monologue that I had a hard time with. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah, well, so, uh, but yeah, you've got to navigate this, you know, so, uh, right here at the start, we find the body of this apostate, um, Mm -hmm. kind of pinned to the wall. Uh, and this is where we get his key. 
Yes. Uh, this is this is Malkiote, as uh, as what his name is. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he risked everything trying to get into the ritual hold. Like, this is the place where the outsider was made, um, yes. and where his physical form still exists. Yep, his cradle and tomb. Mm, love it. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, it's purely in the void. It's not mm-hmm. a mirror of our world. It's just straight up in the void. Yes. Um, so we we see here and we see his research. Um, the wall has his mark on the side and a bunch of glyphs that correspond to numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, we can use this to decode the safe, and we find out from this diary the outsider's mark is his name. Uh huh. Yeah, a dead language. Are, yep. Are are the language because he's four thousand years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is how he became a god. They cut away his name. Yes. Um, but still he has it like he, he imparts it onto others. Uh, what, you know, needs to be done. A spirit has to say his name. A human cannot speak it. Uh, you know, it is, you know, such an old language that it cannot be spoken. Uh, so that's what we need. Like, you know, we have the knife and that lets us get in. It will ultimately let us kill him. But the name is the most powerful part of this. Yeah, we kind of we it gives us our choice at the end. Yeah, of this. Um, so you, we kind of sneak our way past, you know, some some cultists um, taking a, a photograph of these anomalies. Like throughout <laughs> the game, we've been seeing these places where the void is kind of breaking through. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a way to click on a flickering piece of scenery and get a kind of meaningless, uh, you know, voiceover from the outsider. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like. Like two sides of a coin. Yeah. The coin flips forever, you know, or something like that. It, like, it, oh, it's, right. it's a little bit, back. it's a little bit of the back half of, uh, uh, Bioshock infinite leaking through sure. into this game, you know, just yeah, talking exactly. about the, these, these two realities trying to reconcile each other. It, it's, it's like if somebody edited Alan Wake, <laughs> like it sounds a little bit like Alan Wake speak, but about half the length, you know, light yeah. darkness but for darkness there had to be light <laughs> but for light there had to be shadow and shadow is darkness <laughs> um <laughs> so um we're making our way back uh out through here mm-hmm. um and we see you know that things are crazy there are like these floating ring of stones uh things like that and we're running into the envision yeah um, we have to fight these things uh the i find these really scary and good yeah no i uh, I, I ran from them i avoided them blink. as much as possible Yep. Like they blink and they can one shot you. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that that is not absolute horseshit is you can block them. Right. Um, so I ended up finding fighting them very fun. And when you kill them, uh, they take a knee and they start regenerating. And that's when you can go over and finish them off. Mm-hmm. Um, and the animation is just incredible. Like you stab the knife into their head and like basically break their head in two mm. and they dissolve. Uh, but they can do there's a, like one of the only mechanics in this game that encourages non-lethal play is that when you're fighting these things, um, the corpses of cultists that you found will still be around in this void version uh-huh. and they will summon helpers from those corpses. Oh, okay. Um, these, these little kind of miniature envisions mm-hmm. that are easier to kill, but are a pain. Right. Right. Um, so it can overwhelm yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, pretty neat. Um, I didn't choose to fight these things. I just didn't want to run from them because they can teleport mm-hmm. and one shot you. So like watching them, you know, you can mark them and you can see their path, but they'll just jump. Like, the way that them being able to teleport fucks with your uh, precognition or uh-huh. foresight is really cool. Yeah. Having them appear right next to me and the music swell up is a really scary thing that happened multiple times. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I got like one shot at by them twice after mm-hmm. after stealth failed. And it was like, nope, I'm going to be as careful as possible to get past them. Um, yeah. So I never ended up killing them. They are jerks. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if they killed the kid, 
or they yeah, yeah. they worse uh, than they worse than killed a kid. <laughs> yeah, they, they they worse than killed a kid, and uh, they you know they they don't fight fair. Are these alien dealies? You know, so yeah. Um, so let's get to the ritual hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, this is cool. this is crazy imagery. I love this because yeah. you know you pass through the you know the the, the floating ring of uh, of rocks, and you appear. Uh, basically under an infinite sky, you've got the, you know, space whales flying over you. There's a huge pillar in the distance. Um, and you are kind of like, uh, waist deep in the sea of brackish dull brown water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you had to make your way to the center here where people who have been touched by the void, mm -hmm. uh, who have died are here. Yes. And it seems horrible. Like, people are screaming. Like, there are people who are kind of trapped, like, reliving moments over and over. It's the land of wind and ghosts. Yes. Yeah. It's really horrific. You know, the idea is that this is definitely a, a hell more than a purgatory. Yeah. Um, Doubt is there. He can barely notice you. And he just died. Yeah. You know, it happened two missions ago, but he doesn't know how long he's been here. It feels like an eternity to him. Mm-hmm. You know, so horrible. Is this what's waiting for Billy? <laughs> it, 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 it totally is. Yeah. You know, if uh, if this, this continues, like real, real bad shit. Yeah. Um, and you go there and we find the outsider. Um, he is frozen uh, in these rocks. Um, he looks like he's screaming. He is a pathetic figure. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things about the outsider is like he's always been young. Yeah. You know, he looks like a 17 year old. Yeah. You know, so it, it definitely it feels rough. Like he's not this eldritch whale like we see a giant whale uh -huh. go by which i like the whales are part of the void but the outsider himself is not the whale he's right. this kid he's, yeah he's just a kid he was made into a god by a cult that necessitated a god because the old one died yeah they saw it in the stars yes is the reason why they sacrificed this kid and like he talks about it he talks about how they bathed him and put rings on his fingers and like mm -hmm. all this stuff and just you think about like a kid like I don't know, man. Like a, a kid is, is a way to get to uh, to some of my emotional, you know, I, I, I put up a lot of, I don't have your human emotions generally, mm -hmm. yeah. like in a lot of ways, you know, so, so it's hard for video games to touch my heart. It doesn't mm -hmm. happen that often, yeah. but like kids, you know, yeah. fucking 17, man, like <laughs> 17 year old deserves a lot of sympathy. That's a hard spot to be in. Yes. You know, I don't, I don't like teens. I'm scared of them. I don't like <laughs> media about them generally, uh -huh. but I don't, I, I don't think they should be sacrificed. No. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm still into them, you know, to that yeah. degree. I like Billy's reaction um, to how pitiful the outsider is. She has steeled herself for kind of a great climactic battle. You know, this mm -hmm. is her mentors, you know, just nemesis. This is the enemy. This is the cause of everything she believes. And to find out that he is just this scared kid fixed forever in pitch, you know, in the middle, mm -hmm. in the middle of a scream um you know kind of takes some of the wind out of her sails yeah i hope that i never get trapped in an eternal scream yeah it seems like, like it like it, it would be really fatiguing on the jaw yeah yeah i don't like having my mouth open that long like dry mouth yeah you know like if i have a cold and my nose is plugged up and i have to go to sleep yeah that's pretty rough yeah i hate jaw cramps you know, get those every once in a while like, oh yeah yeah i hope that if i get trapped in an eternal anything it's something good like, <sighs> yes i mean too much of a good thing though hmm Eternal, eternal piss would feel kind of good. You know? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, counterpoint. <laughs> Maybe it'd be good. <laughs> counterpoint, but what if? Yeah. But what if? But this book presupposes, what if we didn't? <laughs> um, the, uh, 
So anyway, uh, we talk to him and we get our choice here. Yes. Uh, stab, which I can't imagine doing. No, no, I did like it. It really it feels like a choice. Yeah, I, I, I did it after I made my initial choice, you know, to, to, yeah. to, to let him go. Um, and it, like the, the frustrating thing is it doesn't really, it doesn't appreciably change the, the ending that much. It really just kind of changes Billy's posture about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which makes sense because the, the outsider was never the thing. Right. It was always the void, like evil exists. These things exist. And this is part of what you're talking about when you talk to Dowd, you convince him. Yes. You know, Dowd's like, no, we had to kill that bastard after he made it after, you know, he made us do what we did. Mm-hmm. And you get to say, like, made us do what? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> the outsider was was a tool. Uh huh. You know, like he 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 gave us this thing, but he let us we never didn't have freedom. Right. You know, blaming the events of the series on this one being is is a way to dodge and shift guilt. Yeah. The majority of the bastards we saw were not working in his name. They were not, you know, like, like they, they they were all, you know, kind of committing their own injustices. Yes. And that injustice, we, you know, throughout the series, we see a lot of monsterism. Yeah. You know, like this is, this is not a rosy series that is optimistic about humanity. No. Um, But it's not a story about a corrupting force that, uh, forces anyone's hand. It's not a story about, you know, the, the powers that be shutting that down, you know, like that is represented mm-hmm. by the everyman, but also just the monarchy sucks. Yeah. Uh, class stuff sucks. Like all these things that are not related to the supernatural elements are just part of this. Right. You know, they're, you know, and the idea that like, when you have this power, you are, you have greater range of effect, mm-hmm. but you don't, it doesn't change what direction you push that in. Yeah. You know, is kind of the idea here. Yeah. And insofar as the outsider was acting as a chess master, he was kind of just amoral about it. It's like a chess master who doesn't care if he wins. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, like, he, no, he has no stakes. He has no skin in the game. He doesn't see, like, he doesn't care that people worship him. In fact, he, he hates it. They're, they're yeah. like, they're, like they, they come from the same, you know, the same line, the same tradition that made him into what he was, into what he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. So like yeah, they're like for like forgiveness is the only thing that you can do. Like yeah, we're gonna take the outsider off the board, but it doesn't have to involve his death. We can give him his life back. <laughs> yeah, which is also a pretty wild thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like uh, he's he's a kid. He's gonna be back. Uh, you know, without his powers, and it's four thousand years later. Yeah. You know, you're just going to you're just going to make him drive him mad with a cell phone. You know? <laughs> well, see, he seemed to be pretty up to date. Like he he has watched yeah. the way the earth, the, the way the society has moved on. He has seen every form of the cell. Like he saw the iPhone one, <laughs> the iPhone two. There was no the iPhone, iPhone three. Oh, it, no. it, it went straight to the three, three G. That's dumb. <laughs> I know. Like, God, it's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> some of them are S's. Some of them are pluses. Yeah. yeah. Go to hell. <laughs> like, that's fucking a I, I, um, I was correcting you here so like some some jerk didn't some, do it later weird apple partisan doesn't yeah you know, fuck with me that's why i get the outsider's power so i can stop <laughs> apple like just like death of the steve jobs oh like he's, he, he died nine years ago man but he's not like true dead i need like a beetlejuice death of death for the dead kind of thing oh you know like lost souls room yeah no. or tim kane tim cook tim kane can go yeah like is he the vice presidential candidate or is he the guy who made fallout? I can't remember. Uh, um, no, so he was, he was, he was <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's an agitated day. Is, is yeah, it's, is it's an thing. agitated day. Is the yeah. thing. You know, so, nobody give me powers today. Please don't. <laughs> I well, better not fuck up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you, you, when you make your choice to spare him, you go and you talk to Dowd and say, "Hey, hey, man, like this." This can't be. Dowd says, "Hey, uh, you know the outsider is the reason that everything that, that that everything happened," and you know Billy's kind of posture toward this is like, "Hey, you know, all of this comes back to when you spared me, right? Like you had yeah. no you had no reason to do that, but you did. Can that same mercy? Can that same grace extend here?" Mm-hmm. And that cows him, you know, by by basically <laughs> calling him a hypocrite. And he says, you know, forgiveness is a rare thing in this world, Billy. You're better than I was. And mm-hmm. Dowd is the one who ends up doing the killing blow, killing in quotes. He goes up because he is a spirit. He's able to, you know, say the name that the outsider's mark represents. And he whispers it into the ear of the outsider. Mm-hmm. And yep. he's unfrozen. Yep. Um, he's unfrozen. His eyes turn normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he wakes up, he's tasting blood. You know, these eyes were closed for centuries. And down here, I saw everything. Right. Um, and the ending is very ambiguous. Like, right. you know, she says like, we don't know the real consequences of what happened. The outsider can have a future. Uh, however, the void is still there. There's mm-hmm. no telling wh- uh, who will get its magic next. Yes. Basically keeping the door open, you know, getting rid of the outsider did not close the supernatural door. Um, right. Dishonored. Mm-hmm. And there's no yeah. real sense of like what Billy is going to do in this ending. Mm-hmm. If you decide yeah. to take the ending where, you know, you kill the outsider with a knife, you know, he turns normal and then, you know, his his eyes go from black to white and then from white to red as he dies. I see there are no choices left, you know, and doubt is the one who says, like, yeah, the, the, the world might change, you know, and Billy having taken this course basically has resigned herself to a life of killing to the same kind of ignominy that she had existed in before. You know, yeah. without the catharsis of, you know, actual forgiveness, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Dowd says, "Hey, we don't know what will happen. The world might change." And she says, "Yeah, we won't though, because killers don't change." Right. You know, be pretty dour. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't exactly know what that means, but it is just choosing that dark path. And it's a weird thing to choose that. You know, if you've played the whole series, not just because you know up until this point, you in the mainline Dishonor games. You, you are seeing a series of targets that got to go, but there are redemptive moments, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can go back in time and change uh, the history with the mine owner, yeah. things like that. Um, there's also, though, uh, in the Knife of Dunwall and the Brimore Witches, it is about Dowd atoning for killing Jessamine. Yeah. You know, it is about him saying like, you know, I was this tool and now maybe I regret it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you can then turn that in turn, forgive Billy. Billy then in turn forgives the outsider like it's pretty mm-hmm. good yeah it is poetic and sound yeah and stuff and it it feels like the canonical ending to to free him mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's remarkable like looking at you know these first two games and their expansions kind of as a whole the fact mm-hmm. that you do have these kind of twin narratives that interact with each other um mm-hmm. is really cool from like a structural kind of point of view and the, and the mm-hmm. fact that both of them end up both of them end up getting their own resolution, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, really good. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, th- I think this is a, you know, weird thing. Like, inter- as somebody who is a Dishonored super fan who mm-hmm. has played all the Dishonored games, it's probably my least favorite yeah. Dishonored project, you know, product, but I still 
love it. Like the flavor and story and thematic resonance is really good. I think to me, this really highlights that for like Dishonored, a lot of it is about like the verb yes. of playing Dishonored more than it is about the lore and flavor and themes, which I still really like. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Dishonored is a video game ass video game to me. Yeah. And interfering with that part is always going to dampen my enjoyment just a little bit, even if it's not tons. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say this and it's important to to remember, I like the game and I think that they still put out a good product that was satisfying. Like I I beat it in a day, not because it was short, but because it was compelling. Because you skipped all those side quests. Okay. Yeah. I'm (laughs) like, (laughs) God damn it. Um, (laughs) Oh no. But uh, like, it's like death of the outsider kind of exists as a little bit of um, an experiment. Like, okay, what can we cut away? um and still have a functional game but like makes it not feel like it like a dishonored thing entirely and like the stuff that they took away is actually like really necessary for it so i like i'm curious what lesson they learned from this if they are going to go on and work on other similar things you know are they going to continue in this direction or will they you know will they kind of stick to the stuff you know that they (laughs) will will they return the stuff that they cut away well, they, they, you know, because Arcade made Prey. Yes. Like after this. And mm-hmm. uh, have you have you played Prey yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I played I play okay. Prey years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like Prey, you know, is more expansive. Yeah. Than this, like has a pretty wide scope, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think they're still interested in that. I don't know if they just kind of felt like a little bit of saturation or fatigue. Maybe. With the property, like in the characters and kind of like, because Dishonored does have a very specific kind of tone. Mm-hmm to it and uh, aesthetic feel and everything like dishonored. You can spot a dishonored game by a screenshot really easily. Yeah. Just a screenshot of a building, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a very unique feel. So maybe they just a little bit of a over that, yeah. you know, which I understand because yeah. they, they did do an expansive thing. Their new thing looks expansive as well. Yeah. I think they're not done doing that. Yeah. I think that, uh, but for dishonor itself, they might've just been a little bit sick of it and it'll take somebody coming back with a cool idea. Yeah. You know, me, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, yes. and be, be being hired to to creatively consult and design <laughs> Dishonored three, uh, yeah. you know. So yep. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's a good object lesson. Um, you know, as an A B test, really, of like what of what features kind of give this you know the satisfying kind of like gameplay fingerprint um, mm-hmm. that that the series is known for. Again, it, while it, while it, still being a fun thing to play. Yeah, being know? being a fun thing in part because of its scope. Yeah. You know, because it is a is a couple sitting game, you know, like you can sit down and play it in a day like you did. You can sit down and do one mission a night, mm-hmm. like play it like a telltale episode thing. And that's pretty fun. Yeah. You know, like it's a good little single dose of Dishonored, like as an expansion, as like, like a novella. Yeah. You know, it, it hits a it's a nice place for that. I think that it, with this power set, um, you know, and these verbs and this level design, if you had filled this out with like three more levels that were basically the same strength as the second level, mm-hmm. it would outstay its welcome. Yeah. Like I would get too fatigued by the lack of character growth options and expressive play yeah. and get sick of it. But as is, it kind of gets in and gets out. It tells its story in the right amount of time and ends up being like a very fun, like B plus game. Yeah. You know, B game. Mm-hmm. So, which I, I, I love B games. I love B, B plus games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think that's probably about it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you. If you have anything to say about Death of the Outsider, 
Um, the deadline is February 15th. Yes. Uh, February 15th. Go to duckfeed.tv slash contact. Uh, write in if you have thoughts about Death of the Outsider, um, if you have Atari 2600 memories, or if you have thoughts about XCOM, Enemy Within slash Enemy Unknown. Uh, that is yes. going to be our premium episode next week. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the way that'll work is the first part will be talking about kind of systems and generalities. And then the second part will be talking about mission types and classes mm-hmm. and enemies and getting really into the nitty gritty since that is kind of a simulation game yes. uh, or a strategy game where like it's not as so much about following the narrative. Mm-hmm. So the generalities will be a little svelte. Uh, it won't be in those specifics. Mm-hmm. That's just going to go in the back half, kind of like the end of the breach episode. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, if you have thoughts about, um, let's see here, February's games. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, nope. nope. March's games. games. Fuck. Yep. Yep. <laughs> if that's about March's games, uh, uh, the, the deadline for that will be March the 15th. Uh, those games yep. are going to be uh, Valdis. Valdis story, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. Abyssal City, um, Axiom Verge, and then a big one. Mm-hmm. Our premium episode that month is going to be Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you want to uh, patronize a game, suggest game. This this game this episode was not mm-hmm. sponsored by anybody, but a lot of our episodes are. Yes. Um, people do good picks. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to be one of those people, you go to Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV. You also get our premium episodes, get episodes early, get access to the Slack, get a bunch of bonus shows. You get tons of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can go to five bucks, five buck mm-hmm. to learn about the five dollar rewards. Ten to learn about the ten dollar rewards. There are hundreds and hundreds of things you get. So many hours. So many hours yeah. of content. Yep. Because uh, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, ratings, reviews, and Apple Podcasts are also appreciated. And uh, telling your friends, blogging about it, etc. Yeah. And I think that's about it. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Uh, they should watch out for cults who bathe you and put rings on you. Nothing good is going to happen. Umbasa. Umbasa. <laughs>